Black Chat episode 177. The only podcast where you can lose and gain brain cells, depending on who you listen to, whose thoughts you actually want to take into your own lives. I am going to be hosting today. Johnny received my bottle of anthrax in the post. So, uh, Avril, Custer, and Connor are obviously <laughs> joining me as always. What? I'm going to ask a question before we go any further. I'm going to ask, a, I'm gonna ask a, a quick question. Are we supposed to be seeing each other on the screen right now? Yes, um, do you not see at, each other on the screen? No. Right the prod. Look at are the you, prod. Not the prod thing, Solomon's thing. Uh, uh, you should be watching video through the Discord. That's right. I yeah. forgot about yes. that one. Yeah. Okay, oh, we're yes. good. We're, new format, Wednesday. Wednesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday. Yes, we've changed. We're moving it to Wednesday now because Tuesday, all the fucking news drops mid-episode, so we can't react. Like, our, you know, like at the end of the day, it's fine. It'll be all right. How is everybody? Is everybody okay? Everybody doing well? Hosting. I'm yeah, chilling. honestly, I, brain you, cells increasing at this. I feel very so moment. comfortable right now, Jack. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm really illuminated comparatively to what I normally are, am. We're all yeah. pretty dark today. I mean, I'm normally pretty dark, but like, Connor, you're. <laughs> what is with your lighting? It's Do so I, moody. It looks you like look like you're like an IKEA commercial with like the yeah. lighting and everything. Well, <laughs> when we killed Johnny via anthrax uh, letter, <laughs> we also, uh, we also, I've gotten his Swedish connections that take uh, over this particular uh, area. So now we're going to be putting together mass-produced, relatively decently priced furniture as well. Hmm. So that's that's something big. That look out for plat chat. That we'll be doing that. Um, the hopefully. IKEA sponsorship. We'll be doing IKEA desks with Platchat branding on them. Has it, has it ever been an episode of Platchat, by the way, with none of the original guests? Like, no Johnny, no Matt Mr. X, no Brand Sideshow? This is the first one. We just have Solomon producing now, so it's, so it's kind of like just a, a completely kind new of is taken it over. It's the ship of Theseus. It's the ship of Theseus. How many parts can we replace when it's still Platchat? Yeah, we, we have fully ship of Theseus this podcast, yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Big day for us. This is the first one. This is the first time then. Honestly, huh? it's about time. Those, I mean, let's be honest. They, they weren't doing a good enough job. Time no to get those fucks out of there, you know? That's it, right? And no, no one wants to listen Jeez. to Matt. That's the other two. I mean, I bet if this is an NBA podcast, Matt would be on here. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Matt would find time. He'd be like, oh my God, we're doing an NBA plat chat. Like, dude, I got to get on there. It's like, oh yeah, plat chat Overwatch is happening, Matt. Nah, fuck that. Nah, no, not busy. Uh, busy, actually. If, honestly, if I check Battle.net right now, he's probably in WoW, if I had classic. to guess. I, oh, oh classic. maybe appearing offline or he's still leaving off his friends list. Either one. Very, probably both. Very probable. Probably both. Um, all right, let's get into it. Star Watch Overwatch. Yeah! New patch dropped yesterday. It's the oh. new PvP, half PvP, half PvE. It's PvP. A lot of people are calling it PvE, but it's uh, a 4v4 game mode that they just released. Just, just because there's turrets, it's, people calling it PvE. What, there's yeah, like three turrets? Yeah. It's PvE, yeah. guys, PvE. Yeah, well, there's, there's a Doomfist. Like there's an AI Doomfist, too. Oh, okay. So, just a normal Doomfist from rank, then. I, I understand. Wow. Wow, that's so fucking messed up from you. There's drops. There's obviously new skins. And it's to go with the theme of this season's Battle Pass as well, this space opera. It is pretty wicked. There's actually a lot, there's a few, not a lot. There's a few like Easter eggs in there, like voice lines from like Star Wars and shit. It feels very Star Warsy uh, when you do play it. And yeah, there are like AI turrets on the defense. But um, yeah, has anybody played it? I played it yesterday. I played on both yep. sides. I, just, yeah, I, I, sort of, I played one round. This podcast. Yeah, I, I played one round. There's a guy in chat actually of our plot chat chat right now who's like, "Yo, shouts!" I I was in that game. 
Oh, Fuck that, that guy. He beat me. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I, I tried it out. It's, it, it reminds me of all the other ones, right? Like it's, it's kind of different to a lot of our other like themed events and stuff like that, that happen because historically when we've had these type of things, they've been purely PVE. But as you guys said, it's kind of PVP. I completely messed up. I was on defense the first time, waiting at the defensive high ground for the team to come. And then I realized <laughs> we'd lost the first capture point. So there, there's a little bit of learning curve. And I, honestly, the major thing that stood out to me is this reskin of Horizon is super cool. Like on, they did a really good job of making it feel like, I don't know, like an evil lab, but I, I just thought it was cool. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a spaceship. It's... We're on a Star Destroyer type deal, no? I'm... Mm. I think all that was. Yeah, the I don't think we're allowed to say that. But I don't think Disney Corporation <laughs> will nuke us, so we're not allowed to say that word is that, exactly. Is that, is that specific Starship uh, copyrighted? Do they trademark that one? I oh, would assume so. Can get her hands on that already, or I, what? I would assume that that is definitely not public use. Yeah, um, Star Destroyer. That sounds like it sounds like such a general thing. To, I don't know. So listen, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I've played this this mode, so right before we're like, oh, I'm going to talk about Star Watch today. I should probably play a little bit of this. And I smashed through like an hour and a half. And maybe, two, I, I don't know exactly how long I played for. The servers on my side weren't doing too well. They were kind of booting people from games and whatnot. But I played through both sides. I got all the achievements, so all the challenges for the Star Watch event, I got them all. So that means I'm qualified to talk about this game mode now. I'm, an, I'm a certified expert because <laughs> I got all the achievements player. for this. Yeah, professional Star Watch player. Um... Don't don't listen to the lies. There's bit, there's almost no PvE. It's like full PvP, but that's fine. It's four v four PvP, and it's just interesting. I mean, I didn't for some reason I expected this to be like a whole brand new map. Like, oh, they're gonna make a whole new sure. map. That sounds a bit much. Like, actually, that's kind of unreasonable from me. So I I toned back the expectations a little bit. At first, I'm like, lol, this is just a Horizon reskin. What is this? It's not good. And I realized, well, it's probably too much work to create a whole new map for this. So. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. And we haven't played Horizon in a while, and it does look pretty good. Like, I think the vibes on Horizon are looking pretty nice. So, yeah, I'll take it. We take those. Um, it's fine. Uh, honestly, I, by the, by, after, like, four games, I don't know that I wanted to queue up anymore, but I, I was determined to be certified and get all the achievements. Yeah, it doesn't take too long. A lot of the achievements and, like, the challenges um, are universal, so you can just, like, play games. There are a couple, like, activate the gravity well, a couple of times like win a few games etc to get all the bits and pieces so it doesn't take long if you only want for the cosmetics and stuff um but my god i don't know if either of you have noticed connor i'm not sure if you've played either but i haven't um, played it yet but i've watched a lot of it so far look at this uh, dog shit attacking comp the no the comp is terrible it's, <laughs> it's, if you have a semi good player on the other team on defense uh that can play hit scan the the attacking side will lose because you have a mercy pocket and then you have uh, diva or the sigma uh, dude i don't know how the hell they expected uh, attackers to actually win this it's crazy unbalanced I, I it is casual, attack, actually right yeah it's casual so like at the end of the day you're probably going to get matched into people that aren't very oh. good and then are also very good like it, there's i don't think it's mmr in uh, arcade maybe there is a little bit but um the attackers do get the extra doom fist which like spams cooldowns like it, he's literally but, a meat shield that eh. just dives into you on cooldown he's <laughs> like i'm going guys but he holds right click he dives yeah. into you then just holds up fist and, and also with the fist being broken currently with the power block which we'll discuss later like that's yeah. uh 
doesn't make him any better currently because i don't think that's been fixed yet i also feel like though i've seen the majority of lot a lot of losses i've seen for people on defense is because they don't know where the points are after they like yes. point a is gone they the other people don't know <laughs> where that's they're how we supposed lost. to go that's exactly how we lost <laughs> okay we just like lost half of the points because we didn't know where we were holding. yeah so like that's honestly because to me i feel like once this gets how long is this um out for like um I don't know exactly how long it's going to be like a game mode it's two for. Weeks. It would two be a weeks. couple of weeks. So yes. like, honestly, let's say it's two weeks. Like just, I don't know for sure, but we're expecting at least that much. Like if this gets solved at all, like the way that Lucio ball, you know, like some of those other game modes and like Jugendstein kind of gets solved. Like I do not envy attackers because their comp is you're playing like BAP with like a ball, <laughs> with a ball doom and nice. a Torb and Are like, it's who's like playing really this rough. the whole two weeks so like who's yeah. who's crazy some people, some people some people farmed like junkenstein and like lucio ball forever you know yeah but don't you get like for example junkenstein you're sitting a, a high score and that's like a, on no a leaderboard here you're not getting yeah. the, no, no 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 i mean there's here, not so there's not much like to add i'm just saying like some people probably will be like i yeah. want to be the best whatever the best, the best star fucking watcher. star wars player you know but, so like there's a chance. It's Someone also who's... important to remember those are also the people who are playing arcade modes like 90% of the time that they play Overwatch, right? So they're, we're like, I don't oh. understand those people in general, right? Like people are just logging in, have fun. They enjoy I can understand the, the chaotic videos. nature of these kind of I game modes. I can understand that, like other arcade game modes. Like, yeah, yeah. Because Mystery here is like super replayable, different experience every time. It's got like, to me, I don't know, this is my anecdote. It just got really boring to me after what I... I'm not joking. I only kept playing to just finish the achievements because I was already yeah. just committed. Um, yeah, you can't really lose on the defense unless your team is feeding. And the only times I lost the defense was major DPS diff. You have to, you basically have to have Ash on the attacking side, otherwise you have no damage. Another defense, say you can all play of us are whatever. Probably but... not the target audience because we're all ranked players. I would say, well, Connor I'm not really a ranked player. player. I, yeah. I'm pro I, I probably am the target audience because I love PVE stuff. If this was like the archive missions, I would probably like it a lot more, even though okay. would I play the archive missions more? I would if I'm like really trying to grind a high score because I did um, I did get a high score once on, oh, what was the name of the second one? The one set on Rialto. That's the one I set a high score on, which I was quite proud of. I bring it up all the time, yeah. even though I can't even remember the name of the event. Um, I would actually prefer Star Watch if it was like I don't. It's probably too much effort to do like a full PVE because those those look like they're very in depth in terms of how much effort goes into them. But this wasn't far off. Like this was about like sixty to seventy percent of the way there towards a full PVE experience. They could even do like a instead of a four v four, like a two v four. But like the defending team with only two has like more more bots, like more just grunts. Because you know how like in the PVE. Um, archives you, you go up against like these grunts as well which you just kind of farm i don't know like i feel like uh the the e part of the pve wasn't very fleshed out like okay there's a bot doomfist and some turrets it's pretty basic that part was not amazing personally but uh looked good yeah i mean it's i don't think it's a pve thing at all it's just pvp like it's just 4v4 with a couple of bots like that's it and i think that i don't know if anybody else saw but the massive overreactions from some people on like social media and stuff about this game mode i saw it was really funny because i saw johnny's tweet this morning and it said oh you know it looks really cool like horizon luna Connolly is actually a really nice looking map with all these changes it actually looks like a like a base and it looks like a some evil lair kind of thing and the art stuff the main menu screen was kind of sick like it's pretty sweet in general and you know johnny's been a bit positive on the timeline you know surprise surprise we can be positive sometimes but 
the massive overreaction. I don't know why I checked the comments of that tweet, but I did. As one person like, what are they saying? Oh, this makes oh, this makes me really worried for PVE, dude. Oh like, my god! I yeah, and, I swear to God, then, if one person there was, it no, there that was, was the awesome. easiest. Bro. That was the oh, easy god. one. That was, that was the easy one. one. The other one was. PE's dead. No, this game sucks. Like, <laughs> PvE is going to be yeah. a complete fucking disaster. This is PvP, motherfucker! What do you- What? This is a fully fleshed out fucking $60 game that's supposed to be full PvE campaign. Technically, it's not a $60 game anymore. Shit. This is, uh, no, this is the free, no, free, no, free game. No, but. no, but the P- The Overwatch one- Overwatch fucking PvE or whatever the fuck it's going to be called. Like, dude, that's- That shit has been in the works for so for long. It's got fucking raids and dungeons for what we fucking know and just- like talent trees and shit, and you're gonna say it's dead because of a PvP event in Overwatch 2. I mean, brain the cells all around just depleting I, I, every day. Yeah. I think they hit themselves in the head with that knee jerk, I think. I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the developers who worked on this are probably not the developers who are working on the PvE. This is like yeah. an incredibly small lift. Like, this is supposed to be something that promotes selling skins, right? Like, hey, we're going to drop a skin line for Star Watch. We think it's a really cool thing. We should do at least like a small event in game, something that's pretty easy to do. So that's why they, you know, almost every single time they do it, they repurpose a, an old map so they don't have to build a map around it. They then just like add turrets, add a random hard AI generated Doomfist into the map. They like put us against each other and then fucking you go, right? Like if you think about how hard this would be to create, it's not that hard. And that's why I'm not, upset that it isn't overwhelmingly positive results like if they just do one of these every season and it's like something that people log on they play for an hour or two just like avril that's a success and then they sell a couple of skins because the whole point of what they're trying to do is they want you to play the game look at the skin and be like yo this skin's pretty cool i like the voice lines and then you go buy the skin that's the whole point of it more it than is anything a, it else. is a good trial for the skin like i'm not gonna lie yeah, i'm sitting there like very oh. smart Oh, Avril uh, was getting sold. Nah, well, <laughs> nah. I already, I already, I already got, I already got the soldier one and the diva one with the bundle. Um, mm. you, so just, just to react to now here, I'm gonna knee jerk to the knee jerk because we're gonna, we're gonna knee jerk. Okay. Off. Let's yeah, jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like Let's that. jerk so much, so man. Let's jerk off. Let's knee I'm jerk. I'm ready to jerk off. right so after this. Man. Let's go. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dude, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, this reminds me. This reminds me of. The people when just the general public when the gta 6 leaks happened and everyone's like oh my god grand theft auto 6 is gonna be garbage look how bad these graphics are this is so bad dead on the worst game ever this is such a letdown oh the rock stars suck what a letdown it's like bro you're looking at a leak of a game that's like not barely even done like bare bones you're looking at like the wires and stuff like <laughs> it's, it's so yeah you look at the wireframes and stuff like and people are actually people think that's like a genuine preview of the final game it's ridiculous it's like i know that's a, the only thing that's got to do with this commentary is the fact that people just need jerk on the internet hardcore i don't know why though i mean i do know why but at the same time it's like come on guys it's it's a little much i think the, uh, the good news about all this that i think the positive is to go on johnny's side a little bit um design wise visual wise it looks great like yeah. it gives me hope for when the actual pve drops the real pve drops it's gonna look good it's gonna feel good because the feeling of the map playing on this horizon, like a redone horizon. Yeah, it's genuine. Like, yeah, I felt like I was on a on a real Star Destroyer TM copyright. Um, and it was, <laughs> uh, it looked good. Like, genuinely felt good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing to me. Like, I, I like, sure. Was Johnny's tweet, like, 
Johnny is a, he's a master of cope at times, but at the same time, it really wasn't like it's it, there's a little just fun events, you know, and it did its, it did its job and it's the PvP. And people were like, I saw I know exactly the tweet. It was like the this gameplay is absolutely horrendous. I have no faith for PvE. <laughs> and I'm like, like it's not even the same when like really I think Avril's right, and like that the me that's exciting part is that it showed that they can release other content around the event like they had like a whole little comic that got made you know like really cool visuals and design like they had like that's the stuff that's interesting to me that's like okay here's what's going to support pve when pve launches like you want them to really delve into and explore when pve i hope to god they finally start like let's have fucking even if it's not a full like series right like arcane or something was like let's have like youtube shorts let's have like all this stuff about lore let's have make sure that we're really hitting all the lore bits and getting really a lot more interest invested into like the universe and like making sure we're putting out art and graphics and stuff that gets people invested into that side of the pve that to me shows with this that they have that ready to build and i'm sure they'll be able to make stuff to go along with it cinematics etc so the the event itself yeah is it underwhelming sure but it's like just like a little funzy little event like who really cares yeah. that much like you clarifying you said you said youtube shorts you're talking about like the cinematic shorts you i should say like i should say i should, I should not say like shorts. i'm not talking about youtube shorts like 30 seconds <laughs> like i meant to say more so uh third yeah like cinematic like little things like you know nintendo it. does it a lot for their yeah. games and such where they put like five to eight minute videos out you know like just like little quick ones but like this stuff itself stuff is fun it's like it shows they have like a lot of things to like still support launching a product and that's the thing that pve is really gonna it's not just obviously the gameplay pve is really gonna live and die a lot off of like what is the creative and the marketing stuff are surrounding it like what's all the attached content and world building that you add to this to make people invested again and new fans like new fans come into the franchise besides just the game itself game is going to be the major like a huge uh, portion of that but like you need a lot of excess content to hopefully you know, bring people in and invested to the level you want them because Overwatch has so much potential for that. So I'm so excited they have the, you know, they're launching it for something like this. Like it shows they're putting a lot of supplementary material out to where, and like, yeah, is it underwhelming gameplay? Is it exciting? No, not really. Is it, in fact, some could even argue that the nonsensical, like the way they've built some of it, sure. But like, it's just a fun little mode. So I'm not going to look that it's much bad. into it you know yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not, it's not this it's just meh it's yeah. just a, it's just competing in a fucking ranked system in goddamn star watch it's supposed yeah. to be small it's supposed to be like just supplementary shit that's halfway through the season like oh surprise surprise mid-season patch just dropped and oh we get a new like star watch would i like it to be like, more like, like great greater though i would like it to be greater than this sure. though i would love the content to be more exciting but it's a little small thing so like who knows yeah. maybe we'll they'll outline stuff where it's like hey we're gonna have like two big events per year or something and then a couple like small things throughout the year you know like that to me is like i want them to release some exciting things still for pvp in terms of like events but so far, this is a nice, just like fun little thing. I, I think that'll happen when PVE does get launched and when they want to start providing crossover between PVP and the PVE audience. Because in a, in a perfect world, right, PVE comes out, it's successful. A lot of people are playing it. The, the big thing for them is going to be, well, how do we cross pollinate both sides of like, how do we get PVP players to pay PVE and how do we get PVE players to play PVP? And I think looking at what we would just give it and being like, oh yeah, this is exactly what the PVE is going to look like is just disingenuous. Like it's just not the same thing. Like we're in a, we're in a different ballpark. So if, if we get to the PVE coming out and it looks like this and it plays like this, Hey, I'll jump on, I'll jump on the bandwagon with you guys and we'll, we'll, we'll run blizzard out of town. But at the, it's way too early to like say anything and, I don't think you can look at this as Jack said and say, yeah, this is PVE. 
question question what was the last similar event that we got was it the uh battle for Olymp olympia was that the last battle, for olympus, battle for olympus right. Junkertown yeah. is out the halloween Junkertown one as well way. halloween Junkertown. there's a Hall halloween Junkertown. Uh, no, not Junkertown, uh, Junkenstein, sorry. Yeah, oh, okay, so the, but the last one was the Battle for Olympus. Oh, the Battle for Olympus, yeah. So yeah, how, does, yeah. how does this, I didn't play that event, but how does this compare to that? That, that event had the same problem. Uh, sorry, Jack, I don't want to cut you off, but it had the same problem no. of it. It was cool, it was fun for a little bit, but it was like yeah. half-baked. They, they have redone Battle for Olympus. I say redone, they've re-released it and they've added a team deathmatch mode instead of the free-for-all, which seems a lot cooler. Like it's 4v4, so you actually have like half a team comp. I don't know if you can pick the same hero. Maybe you can have like four fires or whatever. But again, it's it. So the problem with Battle for Olympus was that the titles were too grindy. Like, and I completely understand that. Although saying that, we discussed this when it came out. Like, it was kind of cool seeing people with the titles because you knew they grinded for it. Um, a lot of this stuff I do think is a one-off thing, and that's why it only lasts for two weeks. If this was in the game, same with Battle for Olympus permanently then yeah, I'd have more of a problem like Connor was saying as well, right? Because it's not super fleshed out, but there's a lot of additional content that's gone alongside with this that actually makes it more than just like the gameplay itself. So if it was in the game longer, then yeah, you, you'd have a problem. But because it's in there for two weeks, play the fucking game mode if you want to play it. Don't play it if you don't want to fucking play it. Stop fucking complaining. Like, um, I don't think there's much more that needs to be really said. I mean, there's one thing that I did want to get onto too, was if there's another like uh, 2CP map or assault map that you wanted remodeled or like redone, um, what would it be? Because I've had a few thoughts about like Hanamura coming back in some sort of way with like a Genji and Hanzo kind of deal. Maybe I love a Winter sort of Hanamura. They could do there. I think a Winter Hanamura would be really cool. Yeah, Winter Hanamura would be nice. I mean, that would be... I, I mean, all the thing is, all the maps, realistically, we haven't really explored a lot of the potential for what could be done with the maps. It really... Like, honestly, like, like their most dynamic thing they did was add the lighting for Overwatch 2. They added the different day and nighttime cycles. Like, there is a lot that we... I mean, like, even... I'm just gonna... I'm gonna have to do it. Even compared to, like, TF2, the TF2 events, there was so much more out there. We had, like, exploding pumpkins and shit. But, like, where's... <laughs> Like where's my uh, where's anything for like that for Overwatch? It's my I mean, man versus machine. I mean they have they've done like Christmas Kings Row, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. But like I think there's or like Winter Kings Row. But I, I think there's a lot of options to make it. And like it doesn't even have to be like based off like reward stuff. They could do stuff like like just like lore events in Overwatch and be like this is this mo like imagine Kings Row, but it's like or like some other map, but it's like Omnic Uprising version. Like everything's on fucking fire. You know, there's like you know there's various. There's essentially the the human versus robot race war occurring like around you, you know, like just oh, like wow. I just think that like there's like some really interesting things that could be done still with the maps that they haven't really explored in any capacity on top of like even th that leads into the events. Like you said, like the Hanzo Genji, like what if we did a, a Hanamura like fucking ninja battle you know like what if it was like one of those like old dojo dojo karate movies where they have to fight through like nine levels up a tower or something you know like you know there's a there's a lot of cool stuff that can be done still that has not been explored they absolutely need to do some like man vs machine-esque as uh, you know to avril's point of like some endless wave thing and like if they could make that actually that feel good and balanced on no junk sign isn't endless and it's yeah. also there is you know, an endless mode 
Well, but it's not a good. But the point it's being is good. like I want something. I want something yeah. built for endless. I want something built for endless, right, and right, I want right. it good. It needs and to not be Junkenstein. Like, it needs to be like Left 4 Dead, like two, like those kind of maps where you would hold down in a part of a map that they had at some point, and then you would have resources, and then there's endless waves, and then the special mobs. Like that's an easy lift in the you know from what we've already seen of Overwatch. Like I, it would be crazy to isn't, me if they didn't try to explore that, that in PVE. Isn't that the whole point of PVE? Like, I don't know where I heard this, so it could just be sources I made of the fuck up, but um, the whole Overwatch PVE thing is is kind of inspired by Left 4 Dead in a way. Like, you can even see it in the BlizzCon. I didn't play this because it wasn't at BlizzCon 2019, but um, there was like a the preview. You got to play a mission. The the uh, It was the yeah. uh, Paraiso map mission, right? And you got to go through and there's all the, there's the, there's the regular bots, just like the Horde enemies. And then there's the more special ones that have different abilities. And, you know, and then there's the, the tentacle mommy who like pulls you in like the, was it the, the smoker from Left 4 Dead, all that kind of stuff. So like, am I, am I wrong? Like, isn't. It's only, I mean, it's kinda, kinda works, right? but we, it gave that vibe, but really we didn't see enough context to really understand exactly how much it is. Like to me, it seems to be kind of like that Left 4 Dead or like, what was the other one that came out that was more RPG that was made? Like it was the new one. Like that was like Blood, Left 4 Dead. Uh, Back for Blood. Uh, Back for Blood. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, I feel like it's going to be kind of like, you know, this combo of like that and Deep Rock Galactic where it's like there's RPG elements with like yeah. these wave mission instance missions. But like, I'm hoping there's also more to it than that in a way, but like, that's probably what suits Overwatch the best in a PVE format. So we don't, I don't know if we really know exactly what the PVE style is going to be. I just know there's going to be like progression in, in like rpg trees and such i mean looking at other games that would be fairly similar destiny right where there's yeah. Yeah. big raids and like there are different classes in destiny and you can't necessarily upgrade your gear in overwatch but like they've said like talent trees and stuff like that that's a way to like upgrade your character rather than like get armor and weapons like you do in destiny so if it's kind of like that okay honestly have any of you guys fire. played uh vermintide warhammer yep. vermintide no. yeah like yep. that is what my that is what in my opinion my dream is for the pve of overwatch of like there is a and here's the thing i think Endless some people rats. are gonna hate what i'm about to fucking say but like oh, no. that is my dream of what i think i would enjoy the pve to be of like you do get gear but it doesn't really affect you it just increases your player power that then a allows you to do the missions at a higher difficulty and a higher like then you can add more challenges and then you can add affixes which is like uh certain like difficulties are to a, the same mission that you do over and over again of like there's one which is like every single mob is an elite mob it's no longer just like horde of like field mobs it's like an elite mob but it's like a really difficult one like they have like those types of things and then you increase your player power and that makes the game incredibly replayable in, in, in every single way and it gives you something to grind for and that kind of stuff i'm a grinder at the end of the day i love mmos and i love getting that that oh that two percent gear upgrade i'm so excited i'm pogging out right now like i enjoy that kind of stuff but i know some people would hate that kind of stuff so if they can find the balance of making it a great story mode while also providing that replayability that's how the pve is great in my eyes it has yeah. to be grindable because if it's, it's yeah. not grindable, then you you're not going to get repeat people playing the PvP. Yeah, it's not a single player just, campaign, yeah, right? You, otherwise, you so. just play it once and never go back to it. So it and has to be fear. grindable, repeatable. That's my fear of the PVE is they're going to release a, something that is like you play it a couple of times where you change your your talent trees, but there's not enough content there that makes me feel like it's different enough. And that's the big issue that everyone's had, obviously. Well, we're comparing it like that's the Junkenstein's Revenge. That's how it feels like you once you played it a couple of times. There's real no real reason to go back. There's not. There's gonna be whatever story mission there is, and then there's the actual 
repeatable content, which is like you play the maps with all the different missions, you collect, you do your little fetch quests on the map and push your payload and all that kind of stuff, and that's how you level up your heroes. Like just going all going rewinding back to the all the announcements made, they made several years back, and we haven't heard anything since then. So that's all we got to work with. I, I don't know if they've changed anything. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. I'm not expecting anything Destiny esque. I, I played a lot of Destiny two uh, yeah, before it, it got like before there was ten expansions. Um, <laughs> and that game, that game has so much going on. I don't, I don't think like you would, you need a, an entirely separate game studio just to make that. And like Destiny two, there's like there's a whole army working at Bungie just to make that game. So I don't think we're gonna get anything close to that level of scope. But like a like an Overwatch Left 4 Dead Vermintide kind of kind of feel. With some good replayability, uh, replayability. If we just get that, I'm happy. I could imagine Destiny Two is Overwatch Three. Like that's not, like let's say Overwatch Two PVE is hyper successful to the point where it's worth making an immersive so, MMO-ish so Project world. Titan is what you want. You're you're basically and, we just well, go full circle back to Project Titan. Literally, that's the the direction they're trending, right? Like if let's say we're still around in 10, 15 years for whatever fucking reason, like that's probably the direction they're probably trying to go. Is to make that would be the ultimate cosmic irony. Yeah, like we end up back to there. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't make. I also, I don't think it. I mean, I guess it just depends on their scope of their product and like what they want to do. It's it's in a weird spot because like Destiny is the most analogous of like this is how you make a multiplayer slash single player type of game, but that's obviously not like it's not exactly what's happening with Overwatch, and so like then we get into like these waves because also the the way that the game has been showcased so far it seems like it's a, a wave style vermintide like type of thing it's gotta i mean i do not i wish them luck i wish the luck on the creative leads and the uh fucking game designers to figure out like what their game even is because it that seems like the niche that's gonna fit but like there's so many ways you could go that are so interesting like imagine like there's stuff that you could even take it where it's like mission based like you're like having to complete a campaign and missions and you get to select your party every time and like pick different heroes to go with the party and then like you could turn it and like everything but it's still kind of like a single player campaign but like there's ability to drop into missions like there's so many different yeah yeah and then or like you know or even like a a star wars battlefront 2 like galactic conquest type of thing right like there's a lot of different ways that you can take this that like it really just depends on like what their goals are and also if, if it want longevity of lore like where does that fit like i feel like that's a has to be a crucial part of like how you fit into your pve and like how are you adding missions how are you expanding stuff like how are you adding new content like etc like even how you build the game design itself and like because like i feel like vermintide's a good option but then like how do you really get deep into the lore but then probably like realistically league of legends can do it overwatch can do it like you can like make whatever supplementary material is necessary well, you just you need mean, a shed load of supplementary material on top yeah. of like the actual game itself. You, you have the story that you play through right like in yeah. time, you have the story that you play through with the base game and like you're not very powerful and you're just sort of like going through it as like an, a regular timmy and you get to enjoy that story style of aspect but once you've done that it adds just like an infinite amount of possibilities of how you can play it again well there's again there's two so again based on what they announced beforehand and that's all the information we have is there's going to be a story mode where it's set heroes you have to play Reinhardt here and then there's a repeatable arcade mode where you can pick any map any overwatch map any hero and you level up your skill trees that's what we know of so far based on the announcements from years ago that's more borderlands-esque than anything though right like the borderlands 2 style i i don't know if i call borderlands because that's a borderlands is a looter shooter so this is this is yeah if it was if it was left for dead vermintide where you know there's in the separate and 
the the arcade repeatable content the grinding content and the story are separate whereas in those games like left 4 dead and vermintide it's it's all the same game but here like i don't think people will be repeating the campaigns because the, van- the campaigns are basically like the archive missions it's the repeatable content you know the hero missions where you get to select a hero and level them up that's the stuff that people grind yeah so we'll see. Well, we'll see what their goals are. We'll see. Yeah. Um, along with the Star Watch, this patch, we obviously got the mid-season patch, which is what they've said before has been a like kind of trying to shift metas and shift hero picks and whatnot. And they've definitely done that. They definitely chose oh a meta. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So season four mid-season patch. It's pretty it's not the largest patch in the world, but like the changes that they've done is crazy. Um, there are a lot. Also, we'll speak about it in a minute. But there are a lot of a lot of bugs. My God, that somehow they changed a few numbers around on a few heroes, and everything broke, including ranked, where, which we'll also discuss uh, in a second. That was epic. They break um, the servers too, because I was having server issues today. Yeah, that. that's pretty normal for the patch, though. Like, if a, an event does end up dropping, um, the fucking servers always fuck up. I my first game I loaded in, it just errored out and it just went me back to my menu. But um I mean that normally happens, but there you go. Um so if we can bring up the patch notes if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Yeah, so um a lot of like general changes, bug fixes, etc. But the biggest changes that we saw was actually to the tank roll. Woohoo! Oh yeah. So ping system got changes. Push game mode as well. They changed a few um things about the respawn times. We talk about uh, we that should yet or we can yeah let's talk on that now yeah so uh the respawn for the audio listeners out there the respawn time for players is increased by two seconds from 10 to 12 while their team's forward spawn location is activated so you won't be able to regroup as quickly if you have forward spawn so i've been uh one of the biggest critiquers out there of push since the beginning of push since the alpha since we played it um and uh, i've had some words with the development team all all very kosher stuff about push just voicing my concerns the biggest problem with this and i'm glad they highlight that the most important line here is the last line which says making it a bit too difficult for the disadvantaged team to mount a comeback that's always been my biggest criticism of push where if one team gets too much of a lead it often feels like it's i wouldn't say impossible very close to impossible sometimes to to mount a good comeback and we see that across you know Overwatch League especially and, and competitive, but um, all throughout the different ranks, um, you just you build up too much of a lead to lose at some stage because you're always defending. You, at, at some point, you gain a lead, you don't even have to attack him. You don't have to push him, you can just defend for the rest of the map. Beyond that, changes like this, so it's positive, right? It will mean that you can't snowball as hard if you do make mistakes. You're going to get punished more for losing players because the 12-second respawn is going to be more punishing than the 10. Great. However... The biggest issue with push will always be that it's symmetrical on the other side. So while it's nice that the the, the winning team is going to get punished a little so they don't snowball too hard, whatever distance they get still has to be matched by the losing team. So when it comes their time to do the same thing, guess what? They will now also be disadvantaged by this respawn thing. They will have to camp. They will have to get the forward spawn. And now they're going to be subject to the 12 second times as well. So does it help the disadvantaged team, the losing team to come back? kinda but it also screws them at the same time it also fucks them because whatever you do to help one team helps the other one whatever you do to screw one team helps the other one as well it it, it does both sides and that's how but, it pushes but i i think the the point of this change is like i agree with you right like let's say they get it almost very close to the end the other team is going to have to deal with that issue getting to the very end but i think they're trying to stop this like i think coliseo accentuates this issue more than anyone else where it's like 
once one team has the forward spawn, you take that fight and then you fight in the archers again, where like that's an advantage because the team spawns so close. And it's obviously very difficult to move all the spawn doors on all the push maps to make them further back and slow people down. So just a two second timer. I, I think it's a step in the right direction. They're recognizing it is way too difficult to come back with how forward spawns just sort of give you that massive advantage of just like you get to control positioning again for the next fight. So you have to win like a horrendous a number of fights to catch back up. Why, why did it take a year though? Like it, I feel like change the push have been mega slow. It's It's been this and the 10 second. I mean, uh, there is so minutes. much to be, I mean, that can be piggybacked on like what we're seeing even in the balance changes here. Like what, like, you know, there's a lot of questions that sometimes we don't really have the direct insight into where dev maybe time is wait, going, maybe right? Maybe they were looking for data. Maybe they were like trying to farm, like, you know. Ooh, for, I mean, who knows? Data, I mean, but... I, personally, like it's, it's also seems to be that for them, they historically, at least since Overwatch 2 was released, they have, they've been faster with balancing, but they're still never like knee jerky dropping. Like they're never, not knee jerky, but rather they're not doing like anything on a quick turnaround. It seems still there's like, they'll like wet, let stuff sit for a while and then be like, okay, now we're going to do it. Like now for a year, I'm like, that's pretty long to not touch push essentially like at all. So, but to me, like maybe they're like, finally think they've seen there and they're like, well, first like, well, this is a brilliant designed map and like, blah, blah, blah. And then like, oh, maybe there's some issues. And then, like, it goes on, like, okay, there's clearly a long-standing issue. Like, there, because sometimes you do have to get past your own biases on the stuff you create. And, like, I'm not saying, you know, Overwatch devs, I think, get a lot, and devs in general get a lot of shit that's not deserved. But they're still creative people at the end of the day. And a lot of creative people, yeah. it's tough sometimes to be told, like, hey, like, your, your product is, like, not good. Because some people oftentimes, like, they need your, they'll be like, they're just going to drop a criticism that's not very fair. When, like, you can create something that's very good that was... Stuff to Chris. I don't know if that's the case for Overwatch. I don't know, but like I feel so far Overwatch 2 and even Overwatch 1, they tended to let stuff sit and like gather and look at it for a while before they made big changes and uh, they're more committed to faster they've, they've changes. They've definitely but... let this one sit. They've let this one sit. I can tell what's you that. A, dude, what's a year? I mean, it, we did, we've had year, we've had a year yeah. plus of balance of like no balance for multiple times in a row, you know? Like I don't think this is even that crazy just for a game mode, you know? Like I think this is like. I think you need to give it time to breathe, right? And really. Like, I personally have done like six months. Six months is a plenty of time to breathe. I don't know how it need to be a year, but because <laughs> you look at it, it's like how much of the push, like, and our complaints about push is relative to Coliseo, right? Rather as a map oh, as well, a whole, minor, minor for the whole Esperanza. game mode, regardless of map, minor for the whole game mode. And also, I like the first like three months of the game, you just people with me, were you people were way too hating on push. Be specific about what you do. I on. don't. I think most of it, and I agree with Connor. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Scott. Fuck me, dude. Why do I always call Scott Custer Connor, and then fucking goddamn it? I don't know why. Um, a terrible I, friend. Okay, yeah, I know. I, seriously, <laughs> fucked up, man. Um, um, I agree with Custer. A lot of criticism, I think, for push does land on the fact that Colosseo is just not a good map. And it is not a good map because the high ground in that map is just fucking atrocious to actually assault and remove the goddamn glass on a first point or like the, the mid fight. I think maps like Esperanza, although the mid fight is a bit wonky because you have that gigantic high ground again, I don't think it's as bad as Colosseo and uh, the other uh, New Queen Street. That's the fucking other map. I don't think that's nearly as bad. Because the, the giga high ground is like near the spawn, like the very spawn, not the forward spawn, like the, the first spawn. And that I don't think is that bad compared to other maps. There's not some egregious fucking high ground. 
with um with the spawn timers will this help yeah probably uh how much will it help i don't fucking know but what did you disagree general, with that i said though i design. sort of know you said, well, you said all the maps are a problem. The fucking game mode's a problem. I don't think the game yep. mode's that much of an issue because I've played it so much. Maybe that's because I've played it so much that so I'm just used to it at this point. But there's never been a time unless a team gets the entire way almost after first two pushes um, that I felt this game's lost. Like if they get 100 plus meters, yeah, it's probably fucking lost after first fight. But of first or second fight. But I think that's more of a map symptom than a uh, game mode symptom. Well, Colise we can all agree Colosseum is the worst one of the three. That's yeah. that's yeah. No one disagrees yeah. with that. But the but, but you just said like I mean you get a hundred meters on, on any all any other maps you get like hundred meters. It does require you to win two three fights in a row. <laughs> that's generous. More like four or five if you really want to be like serious about it. But then um, if a team, but the point is like for, another, for the other right. team to get for like a hundred meters, they also have to win four or five team fights. So you should also have to win four or five team fights to get back in, right? You shouldn't have to win less team fights to get to where they got to, right? And I just, I, mm. I, this two seconds is to stop that imbalance where before it was, they you'd win four or five team fights for them to come back. They would need to win like seven, right? It's not exactly equal because neutral, uh, it's the bot starts in the middle and no one has to undo distance. That's first and foremost. Second, um, the team that sets the initial distance, just like on Escort, now you have that distance to work with in, in terms of knowing what your playing area is. So, so say that you, now you're defending the whole time. You've pushed 100 meters. You can just defend 100 meters now. You can you understand what your playing area is and where your holdable spots are and all that kind of stuff. Whereas when you're pushing, you don't have any distance to go with. You, you're working up against a, a blank check, like a, a fully open game. Um, but... What this game, what this change really does that's important is reduce the playing field from like 100 meters to more like hopefully the 60, 70 mark. Because I've found that push works the best when the meterage is low. So anything below 70 meters on both sides, the game is fairly even. You can come back. It's not super unwinnable at all. But once you get to like high meterage, three figures plus, the game gets a little ridiculous and that that's regardless of the map that's just the game well mode. that's but, where your kind of team and like how you've played comes into play though because i've had some games where i have come back like from 100 plus meters and honestly the satisfaction of that is also incredibly high and that's i think the crazy thing about push i think is that the satisfaction of making a comeback is infinitely higher i think than a lot of other game modes but then on the fucking flip side it also makes it dramatically uh, dramatically more terrible you to be in that situation that you just lost somehow a hundred plus meter lead that you had in the first couple of team fights um i think a lot of the kind of the first fight you know oh we win first fight we win the whole fucking map i i don't think that's necessarily true like i said i think a lot of people are starting to like understand the game mode where to hold where to push and i think a lot of the complaints came from from the very beginning was inexperience of the game mode and now that most people have played this game mode hundreds of times at this point that people now kind of understand how to hold, where to hold, and like, do we need to push now? We should probably back the fuck up because they're going to spawn soon. Like, the spawn timers, regardless of this change, understanding spawn timers is a very important part of the fucking game itself. And as soon as people kind of understood how that related to push and like how long I can push, how how far can I push? Do I need to get back now uh, to the rest of my team? The more, no, sorry, the less frustrating it is because of the experience level that uh, people are at right now. So. I think it's less frustrating overall because people are just more used to the game mode.
Mm. I think we should move on mm. from, unless you have something to say about us, but I think we should talk about more about like, we, I think Junker Queen changes, changes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, we haven't touched, to we've about. been so long on push. Yeah. Said, yeah. Yeah. I'm to, just gonna say, let's just, move to, let's just move to that. Let's just move yeah. on. So one of the biggest changes that came out from this patch made Junker Queen an unbelievable killing machine. I'll read the patch notes out for people that are listening to audio right now. So Junker Queen changes. Almost all of her abilities got changed. Uh, her scattergun, the maximum ammo increased from 6 to 8. Jagged blade projectile size increased from 0.15 to 0.2, so it's easier to hit. Now Rampage, her ultimate, deals a flat 40 damage instead of zero and then bleeds. Um, and the wound damage has been decreased from 100 to 60. So that 40 damage is kind of made up just with the impact It's the same damage, damage it's just up, up It's front. the same damage, there's just impact damage, and then the bleed is less, yeah. Adrenaline Rush, this is the big one, which is mind-boggling, um, which is her passive, which is the heal. Adrenaline Rush passive healing multiplier has been increased from 1.25 to 2x damage dealt by wounds. And yes... That does stack. So if you do hit p multiple people with abilities, you will get obviously 4x the healing and shit like that. So not 4x, but like you, you get two 2x's of the healing. It's fucking ridiculous. So Junker Queen heals. Like if you, someone have done it in training range, like you can just go to the bots, take the bots down to like 20 HP and then swing your axe when you're like under 100 and see how much health you get back. It is fucking absurd. Uh, this coupled with... The previous patch that also buffed Junker Queen, which gives her axe swing, a lower cooldown depending on how many people you hit. So if you are cleaving two people, there's a clip with Super that I think we've got here somewhere that he is just going whoom, whoom, whoom and hitting fucking everybody full HP, full HP, full HP, full HP, and then just gets old almost instantly after getting the first one. It is crazy. Solomon, pull up good. the clip. Jamie, pull up the cl uh, clip of Super. Yeah, pull up, pull up the clip of Super. Super pull up the yeah. Super building a an ult in like 15 seconds. <laughs> Guru 15 has a, fucking seconds. Guru has yeah, one yeah, as it's well. It's on yeah. competitive. I got, I, got you, I got you. Here it is. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like insanity. It. Guru has one as well where he's like, he hits like literally four people, five people. It's less about getting the ultimate, but he just keeps swinging the axe. He swings Watch the, the ult charge. Look at his ult charge right now, by the way. Look at his ult charge. Look at the ult charge. 20. This is bleed. Goes in 30. 40, another bleed. Whoa, 50. 50. 70. Again. 75. Whoa, oh 80, my. He's 90. got it. He's got it. He's, he's got, got it. another roll, baby. Within 15 seconds, he yeah. generated another roll. Again, this is through the healing that you're doing to yourself. The uh, Also, the carnage, your axe swing, being resetting on cooldown way quicker because you're hitting multiple people. It is... And you're not dying too. If you if you very if you find that clip, go look at the health bar very specifically, and you will see how much healing he gets in that small corridor. Uh, and the crazy part too is that if he had hit his ult it, because he, if he wasn't trash and it hit he his ult before that, one. he would have built ult charge because rampage is an ult where you can yep. build your ult charge in it because of the damage you do when you get the bleed. <laughs> oh so he, he could have gotten like ten seconds or something if he had actually hit it. If I think people just didn't die. Right? I think Queen is one of those issues of like. One of, one of the biggest problems when Queen first came into the game is that she didn't heal herself enough, right? Like, we can all agree, like, she's supposed to be, like, doing wounds and then healing herself, but it wasn't enough that she needed pocketing. But to counteract the fact that she wasn't self-survivable, they ended up buffing everything. Like, they buffed her axe, they buffed her jagger blade, they buffed her shotgun, they've been buffing her across the board to make it fine. And then they're like, you know what, you guys are right. Here's, here's two, two times wound uh, healing. And then you're like, well, you didn't take away the damage. So now she's incredibly survivable, 
probably the highest damage output tank in the game and she's just gonna be fucking broken like she's just gonna you know this current state she'll be a perma picking out and we're pretty much going back to jotes meta it's not jotes but junker queen will be a permanent pick in her current state if she plays it gets played now so, I mean, because she already uh, was, like, good, sort too. Of, yeah. I mean... So can, can I get an explanation on why, when you kill the bot, you just get a million HP? That How does was that work? also a change. Because a the wound... Because it, yeah. the wound healing, the amount of healing that you get will just instantly apply to you when the target, target dies. actually dies. Oh, that's fucked yeah. up. That's, that's, so that's not a bug. That's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a feature. No so way. No so shot. Before that wasn't the case, so you'd only get that minuscule right. amount of healing because they didn't have a lot of health left. So you'd only get a small amount because you only did a small amount of damage. But because you get the healing back, you gain a that in that clip you gained 160 <sighs> HP by killing two that's things. That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah Jungle Queen is going to be obviously healing busted. is crazy at the moment as well. Like with supports, it's busted. Exists. She's. It's I don't even see. Insane. I don't see. Like honestly, they saw Fuel doing bad in APAC, or like it's time to win. Buddy, it's time to stop learning Chinese. It is time to get back to get back to winning because you like this Joker Queen will be. There's no way she doesn't shoot up into the meta into like a near perma pick slash like you know almost all Scott. the time you could play it. Scott shit took the Dallas Fuel and then Hastro took it within his own hands and marched straight into the Blizzard office and demanded the changes. I will say, as far as I'm aware right now, is that we will not be playing on this patch in the Overwatch League. Uh... Until, until potentially the mid-season mid-season Justin I will yeah. say just to clarify they have not said whether or not we are playing this patch in mid-season madness I would like I would hope that they would look at this Junker Queen setup and if Blizzard aren't going to make changes to this and they're just saying I hope that we go to mid-season and they just make the executive decision fuck or no we're not playing this because that would literally ruin the mid-season madness because everything we had done just to ban the hero what do you mean no, just you don't, you play on the old patch. You continue I, to play on the I, same patch. I think that's, I, I don't know. I'm like, in some ways, I'm like, I do agree with that. In other ways, like, obviously I get they haven't been practicing, but the patch would have been out for how long at that point? Like, Wait, what's another week weeks. then? What's another week to play on that patch if we're already not playing on that patch, right? Like, we're already about to that's not true. play Junker Queen when Junker Queen's the best hero in the game. That's true. That's fair. So there already will be a disconnect. So, I mean, I guess in that case, I could see it. It's just... Obviously, to me, I feel like the point of the system that they currently have is that we're supposed to be more in sync with the live game. And I know okay. we're not going to be totally in sync but, already, but, but if we do that, I mean, yeah, just, it would are, fuck are we everything. Just are we just introducing clown metas just for the tournament then? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, we've been doing that. We've been doing clown meta shit for like ever. three years, that's not man. Good, though. That surely it's that's not. not a good thing to do is what I'm trying to say. No, I mean, I, in this particular case, in this particular case, because the time frame no is so case. short. Look at last no, year. Look at what I think, we had in playoffs last year. I think I think it's well, yeah, but I mean that's once again. I'm like I'm. I think we. That's just like we have to make a choice, and it's like is the league, is it a marketing tool for the game or is it a professional esports league? <laughs> It's clearly if not it's, a marketing tool for the game. But right also, now, we've said it's not a professional. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think it's kind of those things where, like, I think this case, I get it. And I would get it where, like, if we have a, a, a big, really big patch, like a week or two before a big event, we don't implement it, right? But if we have, like, an extended period of time, I don't really see why we wouldn't implement it, even if it shifts everything on its head. My personal opinion. So... Just because, like, that should be... The league needs to be beholden to the game because without the game, the league is dead. Like, it's just, like, the like that's just how it's going to work. It's the only way they, they get, the game can get value from the league is if we use it as, like, a tool to show off stuff that currently exists in-game. But if it's too short of a time frame, I'm like, sure. Mid-season madness, I can Anna? totally understand us not doing it. 
I would ag I would agree with you if our game was actually used as marketing, but it's not. So yeah, but I mean, like I'm arguing, no I'm arguing from like a, a perspective of like we do something that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Right now the league is fucked. Everything doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, I get it. Like, like but like if we want to go down that pathway, then like let's actually go down that pathway. Let's the, the executive decision needs to be made. I don't know from who. I don't know if it's Sean, the Owl Dude, Office, the Blizzard, these whatever. These are decisions that are infinitely above our pay grade. I understand that. that. I'm, I'm not I, saying I'm making the decision, but I'm saying like that's if, fair. If we're going to be. I know that, but I, I, it's, it's almost stupid to discuss this because we don't really have an influence, and also we've discussed this a million times too. I do want to get through the patch. I know that. Yeah, we got to keep going. We have so much to go through the patch. Yeah, yeah we got, we've got a lot. Pretty of much, Jungle Queen is strong. Jungle Queen is really strong. You're gonna see a lot. <laughs> she, 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 she's gonna break Al if she comes into the game. That's yes. the most important yeah, that's, thing. Right? That's yeah. the thing that's yeah. play Arda in your ranked games. Nade the front line. Maybe you win. Um, so Arisa got a small change. Damage increase from 12 13 for a fusion driver. Her left click. It's okay. Winston can now land. Uh, his jump pack. The jump has a bigger AOE rate. So it does. Also, there was no purpose for this at all. Is, that it was increased a one-shot combo it, for no reason. Yeah. Like no the reason. Winston was fine. You didn't changes. need to do this at yeah. all. Uh, yeah, no no somebody in silver, somebody in silver right? needed this, Connor. That's so what I, 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 I will say it's just kind of an overview. I don't mind small changes like this. To be fair, uh, if they just cycle mix things up just a little bit, but like having a increased one-shot combo it doesn't make sense. But anyway, uh, Wrecking Ball got a small change. Effect duration of his shields has gone down from nine to seven, so technically he's less survivable when he pops his fucking adaptive shields. That motherfucker's never dying anyway, but it doesn't matter. This is another big change as we move on to damage. Um, I'll read this one out because this is a little wonky as well. Echo received her ultimate duplicate. Ultimate cost reduced by 25%. So a lot. <laughs> you're earning that a little quicker. And An ultimate generation amount. decreased. So her copy alt generation has been decreased from 5.5x to 4x while duplicate is active. So you're going to get a duplicated ultimate a little less quicker. However, you are getting an insane amount of duplications uh, with 25% decreased uh, cost for the ultimate. You always get damage boost anyway, if not most of the time, which is crazy. This is insane. I've not seen too many echoes yet in my ranked games, though. I, I think it's going to be a while before we start to see this effect come through because Echo's still struggling in the meta in general uh, just because she kind of needs healing. And that's not really what people have been playing around. And Trace is just so strong right now. But maybe people will go for it with the Junker Queen meta, like with certain things happening. Like the beam is really good against Queen because it's one of the few things that can execute her when she's at low health. But And Copy yeah. Queen is insane. I'm so trash well. at Echo, it's hard to speak about. <laughs> like, that era is fucking yeah. hard. <laughs> There's been I mean, some debate of, like, whether this is, like, a nerf or a buff in certain ways for certain people. Yeah. Some people have said, like, oh, well, we don't get the ults in the charge as much, so, like, you know, but, like, realistically, I feel like if you play this at a high level, if you play this at a level with, like, a Mercy Pocket and you're good, you're going to be farming ults. You're going to be farming dupes, which is just just getting like a sixth player on the field, essentially, or not a sixth, but rather like a you know getting like a, a dupe of like another tank on the field, getting two tanks, and then you build the ult fast. It's like it's just so it's yeah. such a powerful ability, it's, and it's also like two lives. You get like your first life and then your second life. Like it's it's very very strong. That's the thing that the I think people dupe underrate about Echo. Ridiculous. It's like the fact that you like if the Echo is old, she can just go hyper aggressive into your backline because she knows that she can get out. Because even if she copies runs halfway like a little bit away and then gets knocked out of copy like that's potentially worth it if you're able to just like permanently dive bomb the backline uh so i think that might become a problem for the backliners and people trying to deal with echo she's always going to feel like she has ult i mean we've already seen this a little bit even now uh hangzhou's been running leaves been running a decent amount of echo and they do the double winston thing he always copies winston and then you just see gushway and leave jump in at the same time drop two bubbles it's disgusting right so that's the kind of stuff that 
you, you do on this hero. And if you can just... You don't even need the extra primal. The extra primal is nice. But just diving in with an extra Winston with an extra bubble is enough. Yeah. 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 So she's going to be strong. I could see this... I could see, like... Theoretically, on certain comps, I could see an Echo... I could see stuff, like, where you play, like... I could even see teams that they really want to do what they do, like a Mercy Echo with, like, a solo support Junker Queen, because the Junker Queen is so, has so much sustain. Like, there's a there's chance no you could make... Yeah, yeah, there's a chance you could make some of this stuff, like, work, theoretically, um, with how strong that is. But, like, who knows? Who knows, really? But, like, Echo will be strong. Echo will be e pretty strong with us. Rejoice, e rejoice, rejoice, e-daters. Let's go. E-daters, Dude, how come the Valorant e gets, like... They get the, like, I'm looking for this duo, and it's, like it's like girl that always on sage like his pocket blah, blah blah and then it's like radiant radiant duelist player always plays aim training how come we don't get that overwatch where's our overwatch e-data memes wait, where are what they what the fuck do you we mean so we've many got, e -data got, memes. i don't see wait, the e-data like memes the, i haven't wait, seen what? them not on my timeline i've not seen challenger e mercy one trick with the top 500 slash grandmaster challenger title a dps I, i've only player. i've seen like one of those ever i'm not seeing nearly enough Valorant. like oh, e -data yeah memes oh, Val Valorant does it better than overwatch like right like, yeah, like, we don't I because that's how that out. to me is or, how I gauge how alive the game is. All I know mm, about e dating and Overwatch e data population is the host and outslut. That's all I know. That's <laughs> old. That's very old. That's a very okay. old. Meme. I'm saying, but I'm saying that's all listening I know. to this right now. I have no clue what the fuck that is. Um, okay, all right, let's move on. From, yeah, let's the people move, that know will enjoy that, move on. that reference. Junkrat, uh, concussion mine damage Speaking increase from 100 to 110. Who fucking why? Anyway, moving the fuck on. Yeah, um, literally Anna, no reason this, for this. No reason. They're, dude, I fuck it. Fuck Junkrat. Um, Anna got her nade decrease, which is pretty insane. Um, so her biotic grenade, the explosion healing has been decreased from 100 to 60. So you're losing 40 health on a self nade or when you nade in someone else, which is pretty nuts. Um, when you're getting dove by somebody, that 40 extra health can mean a lot if your other healer's not paying attention. Or I mean, that's a break. Uh, it's like essentially, I haven't done the math, but I'm sure that's like a close to a break point of like how much you can live. And yeah. I mean, like to me, this does not target any. Like it targets some strengths of Ana, but the real strength of like why Ana, I feel like, was just so hard meta recently has been, you know, anti nade. Anti nade continues to be like a really, really mm -hmm. powerful ability that you can just set up at at will because it's on a cooldown. And on top of the fact that you can play long sight lines and like you have a sleep, you have like you build a nano. You know, that's a pretty decent like good ult for peel and a lot of different things. Like I don't know. I don't feel like decreasing her healing is the way. But also, it's hard to figure out, like, what the exact... I mean, this will make her less survivable against dives and, like, such, so... And that's what they say in the developer comment. Like, that's that's what this is for. This has nothing to do with how much she's healing her tank or other people. It's literally just to make her less survivable when people dive her. Because, like, the 100 healing to yourself, like, off the bat is kind of ridiculous. Plus the fact that if you get healed by anyone else, you get more healing from the sources. So, I, I, yeah. I'm an Ana player. Ana's my favorite hero in the game, and I'm not that upset okay. by this because Ana is in just such a ridiculous level right now like Anna is sure but is bro. but is Anna like but i guess my question is is that like i feel like now granted this could be tinged from what we see typically when we see dives against Anna players at high levels they even with the nade it doesn't save them that often if the dive is good like but remember this isn't just for the top end this is sure for the i agree end. i'm just i'm just thinking holistically like once again i'm just thinking holistically of like does Ana really need this? Does Winston really need a more reliable one shot? Does, you know, like, but like overall, like, sure. Yeah, I agree. Ana needs to be more susceptible to dying. Like, that's kind of the thing is that she, it feels like she can play on an island on her own and she can kind of fight for herself right now. And that's, I think, where damage, this is starting to target. Ever since they changed her damage too, that she can three shot 200 HP targets. 
um, which was a long time ago, mind you. That's been pretty... It's pretty easy to kind of dual traces now, especially if they get up in your face and you you hit a nade on yourself. Like, it is... 40 is a lot. Does she need to be diveable? Yes. Does this help that? Yes. I don't think it will change much, though, personally. I was playing Arnold all of yesterday. Didn't really feel it. Every now and then, I'd be like, oh, I don't really have a lot of HP. But as soon as the support passive, and again, it's what they said in developer comment, kicks in, I'm kind of full HP anyway. It doesn't really matter that much. It's... um. It's a small change, but it's maybe it was needed. Um, let's go on to Batiste. So again, another change that is it really going to make a difference? Not sure. Immortality field cooldown decreased from twenty-five to twenty-three seconds. So more immortality fields. Uh, it's, pain, yeah, it, pain, uh, pain. I mean, there's literally there's pain. Literally, I mean, you're not going to yeah, notice. Why? But why? But what's even the point? Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, why? Gonna gonna why? I'm going to be real. It's yeah. a two-second decrease, which is like just. Oh, uh, is that over or under a 10%? Um, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't think. They're promoting no, more flexibility be... and usage, Connor. Oh, it might be crazy. But I they see. didn't touch the other invulnerability in the game that also cleanses Kiriko. They just changed How? her kunai. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they did update Kiriko. Her kunai reloads 65% of the animation is complete. So you will no longer infinitely be fidget spinning your kunai. Okay, I'm, you calling, kunai I'm calling the comp, by the way. I'm, I'm calling it. It's not Lucio Kiriko comps. Like... I think here, because I've been seeing teams bust it out. This Baptiste Kiriko comp, if this shit stays in, is going to be Crazy. so good. Baptiste Kiriko comp, because you just have your Bap full heal your front line and your Kiriko hard flanks the whole fight with your other play. It's going to be so ridiculous. So I will say, ridiculous. This Kiriko change literally means nothing, though. Like, it, no, it is literally the, the just Kiriko a quality, doesn't mean it's nothing. Just a, it's just but, a quality of life change, which, if you've played Kiriko, is kind of important. I think the reloading of Kunais has been like one of the worst feeling things on Kiriko. They still need to look at her Suzu. They still need to look at her Swift Step. They're doing too much, both of them. You need to just increase six the cooldowns or something like that. Teleport. Yeah, like, Swift Step on a six second cooldown is like ridiculous and enables that style that Avast was saying that I think makes her overpowered at the top level, but I don't think it would have a massive effect on the lower end. I think just having a look at those things would be important for the future because Kiriko is just unbelievable right now still. You need to add two seconds to Swift Step. Yeah. One or two seconds to Swift Step, it would make all the difference. Suzu also needs to be changed, but they haven't. Okay, let's quickly move on. Um, everybody's favorite new hero, Lifeweaver. Yeah, it's still not that good. I'm sorry, it's still not that good. But they did change him. Life they did break. say they were, that it was going to get changed, right? Didn't they say that they were planning yes. to release, like, the problem is they couldn't fix this in the patch. Life Weaver is so turbo-ass that they need a dedicated, like, they have to bring the thing tick together. They have to assemble all the Apple geniuses and fucking, like, get in there and really, like, Both dissect that shit. I'm going to have to so. assemble the Avengers to make that character good because his hitbox is too big. So he changed. The life rip did get changed, but it was only one interaction with Ryan. So if Ryan earth shatters now, he will no longer get trolled by the life weaver. Um, you'll just have to wait another 20 seconds to get trolled. So when he earth shatters, it cancels the life grip so Ryan can stay there and fucking swing at people. The amount of trolls I've seen at high SR that just go life weaver and just pull our Doomfist back into our team when he's Hitting a fucking rollout is crazy. That hero is bad. It's not good. Um, and that's about it for the patch notes. There isn't anything crazy. I don't know if anybody wants to touch why, on it. Like why do you think they didn't good. do any balance change in life? We would do. Are they just saying? Because they, they, said, they said that they want to do, essentially, they want to have, like, it's like they're just doing the intervention. They're doing a life weaver intervention for like the next big release that they didn't have time to do for this one because they feel like they need to review it so comprehensively. Is what it sounded like they said. Essentially said there's so much to do, we can't even begin to do it. 
with life weaver which to me also i will admit is kind of weird because i'm like why can't you just do some incremental changes at least but like whatever you know like whatever you know this is this sounds like this sounds like let it breathe tm might be but like it's been breathing let me tell you life we've been breathing it's they've, <laughs> he stopped breathing yeah, life yeah, breathing he, stopped breathing. he's dead over, yeah. life breathing is fucking <laughs> dead like the only good for going on with him right now is the name wife lever that's it it's the only good going on with that character that's facts yeah it's a bit unfortunate that the character's not really played at all although it is just he is a utility hero and that is it like his healing is okay but dude he just gets blown the fuck up like he genuinely just needs to be smaller hitbox wise you need to take the petals out of the hitbox for a start um and then maybe he can be viable but i i said this when i saw the hero get announced or you know saw the saw the kit it will mean that hero can really, I think, only be played at like the top, 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 like pro level because of the thing like with the high ground control and the life grip and stuff like that. In ranked, no one fucking comms. And if they do, it's minimal stuff, you know, like a lot of people come, but it, it's not like everybody's there doing fucking grand finals unless you're Jake playing solo queue. Um, at the end of the day, the, the, the grip is just used to troll. Like I've never seen it used well at all and that includes you Scott, you are you're gonna cover we're gonna cover the hide rocket punch meter off by default hide boosters cancel oh picks. yeah so we'll cover all that, touch yeah? on the bugs too um <laughs> because there are some crazy things that's going on um i will uh, people can touch on the doomfist one after i finish this but like ranked yesterday they fixed it already but you could not lose your rank if you lost it was crazy me and jake were playing yesterday and if we lost a game our rank wouldn't go down so people were just seeing new peaks and um, your MMR was changing. The back end was changing. It was just your visible rank that wasn't. So like Jake was going up to like top 20 and then he got shot instantly back down to like top 60 or some shit like that. It was very silly, uh, <laughs> but they did fix that pretty quickly. And then there's also Doomfist. It doesn't work basically <laughs> after this patch. Like I said, Star Watch. Star Watch. Yeah. Don't watch. I mean, that's like, that was the big bug, I think, was that. Oh, no, also the one where the screen shakes, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. if you want to try and turn that setting, for some reason, HUD shake is on. It's actually in the in accessibility settings. You can turn it off, but when you turn it off, it does fuck all. So when you shoot, hit a hit marker, heal somebody, your screen will fucking pulsate like you've got a fucking vibrator attached to your chair. It's it's not great. Um, it feels it's, really, it's, It really looks, weird. I mean, just look at it. Look at it's this just, shit. Look at it. Oh, 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 oh. It's like you're zooming in really oh quickly god. and coming back. Oh yeah. god, I, I'm gonna like throw up if I blink here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at this with the life weavers. Oh, Dude, they got the they got shake. the rumble. They got the rumble on, oh, but for yeah. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. The the actual Game oh Boy Advance rumble pack. It, yeah, this is like this is a uh, oh this is turbo busted. And then they had the Elo change where you could just not lose games. Yep, you couldn't so, lose games. But that's Although, fixed now, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is fixed. And I will say it's only visible rank. Your MMR was not affected at all. That was still working. It was just visible. So you just managed to get a new peak and you didn't mean to. So have fun when you log back in today and uh, your SR. To be fair, that literally is, doesn't matter because it's like the it visible rank is the only thing that really that people care about. And like yeah. if you're still like winning and losing the same amount, it's not like your ELO's adjusted at all. You're literally just exactly. getting a higher visible rank, which is like for free. For free. For free. For free. Um, okay, so let's talk about week two uh, in the Overwatch League. Ooh. It was pretty epic. Pretty epic week of games. Uh, the Atlanta Rain, we'll start with them first. 12-0 in maps. 
that's fucking awesome. They are the best team, hands down, in the Overwatch League currently. They just we're literally up. about to. Like, we're no literally about to. They have, they're about to play to Houston. They're about to play Houston. We're actually yeah. going to learn soon. We, we might can't say learn hands down. Time. Uh, but uh, pretty sure this team, pretty sure this team gets three yard by the Guangzhou charge. So I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure. Avril gets it. Oh, all right. Well, I, I can talk realistically about the Atlanta Rain. I, I, here's the thing. Right now, in this meta, they are the best team in the world. Liv's playing Sombra in fucking Ramatra Rush. That's how good he is at this hero. And he just plays it better than everyone else. Like, that's just how it be. And I think Atlanta Rain, as long as Sombra is meta, is going to stay, like, up there. I have my questions on whether or not this team is going to be the best in the world in other metas if they are forced to sort of, like, conform to those ones, right? Like, Junker Queen and stuff like that. But who knows, right? Like, yeah, we, we won't know the answer to that until we get there. But for right now, I think we can all agree in this patch right now that I, I don't think Houston's going to be able to match them, especially as it feels like Winston's fallen a little bit more out of meta, at least if you just look at this weekend, like there's been a lot more Aramatra, a lot more Diva play than the Winston. So what, you, yeah. think, you think Houston take a map or what do you mean? Yeah, I, I think Houston keep it competitive. Like I, I think they'll probably give the best look, but I I don't see them getting too close to Atlanta. I, 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 unfortunately, I, I actually could see Rain blowing through Houston simply because of the fact it. that Rain have now, before they were pretty one note a bit. I think they were like only playing that Winston comp, but now they've like seen the ways of the Ramatra. And they started busting that out and like good Romatra comps can like this Lucio Baffer, like even if they choose to play theoretically, if they choose like, I think like the Romatra with like a Lucio Kiriko or a, a, a Bap Kiriko, I think that blows the fuck out of Winston comps in some ways. Yeah. Like, because you can just like hard flank the whole time out of it. Like, I think that comp's going to be really prevalent. I think, Lu I think Bap Kiriko with like a Romatra and like dive or like even like a Winston theoretically is going to be extremely pre prevalent going forward. Because if Houston don't, beat rain or they don't take a map rain are going flawless they're going they're going perfect this uh, yeah this, oh yeah this qualifying. wouldn't this be our first uh our first perfect stage since um boston season one essentially no people have had perfect stages all over the place it, a, no yeah uh, there, there was a tons oh, of teams wait, that no. went six no, what, what like, happens, like I know, I'm, 19 I'm and o last no you're right you're right, right? i'm confusing i'm confusing like the fact that like boston was the first to essentially do it but like i forgot that everyone's done it since then yeah yeah after Houston is Valiant, Vegas, Boston. And I just don't see Atlanta losing to yeah, any of those teams. They do not lose to any of those teams. Do they take a map, though? No, probably actually, they didn't lose probably a map. Not, the, the probably not. The real question is, yeah, they, they could easily not lose a map in this entire yeah. qualifiers. If they 3 0 the Houston Outlaws, I could absolutely see them 3 0 everyone else. Yeah. I mean, Houston are probably the second best team here. So if you beat the second best team 3 0, you ain't losing to anybody. You're not dropping yeah. any maps. So. You think if there's a, a meta switch? we see anything crazy obviously it won't come out until the mid-season which is gonna kind of suck because this meta is a little bit more diverse than what we might see in mid-season but do you think even maybe a world where junker queen is the prevalent uh prevalent the bigger time? question is does lip get to still play sombra in whatever the new meta is that can yeah because that i think true. like i think if he still gets to continue playing sombra then one of the biggest piece of the rain success gets to be maintained right if he can just force his way through on that hero and he can gap anybody in the world at that hero it just it doesn't feel fair like i don't remember another player being this far above the rest of the pack in terms of how good he is at one specific hero maybe like arn's 2020 Winnermaker, but i don't Jonak remember like, yeah maybe Jonak Jonak Zenyatta. Zenyatta 2018 arn's Winnermaker 2020 right like these are the very few moments in time where one specific player was that much better than everybody else and that hero yeah. in that in that time
Yeah, and I, you know, like, it's funny because we're talking about this as if, like, Lip sucks at every other hero, but, like, if they go to a hitscan oh, meta, they're also perfectly fine. So it's like, I think Atlanta, we talked about this when Atlanta first got announced and we saw that Ross, like, they just are stacked from head to toe in every single role. We're seeing the effect of Chio Fielder, like, the loss on Dallas Fuel and now the gaining of Atlanta Reign, like, how much they provide to any team. And, like, Stalker is playing fucking phenomenally. So there's not much negatives to talk about Atlanta right now. No, I mean, this team is kind of like perfect right now. <laughs> this team yeah. is literally like a perfect entity currently. It is, it is the superior you know being. You know, you know what this sucks for? All, all the Atlanta Rain haters that they've been able to collect over the last two years, you know? I have a chatter it, it, that in my chat, his name, and he shows up every time. It's a, his name is Atlanta Rain Doubter, and he's like, can't wait yes. to bet against the Atlanta Rain. <laughs> but like, so far, it is not. Over time, they've collected like a large group of haters ever since the... Uh, the BM on King's Row versus London, I think in 2021, yeah. was people it? People just love to hate Gator as well. Like, people hate to be Gator fair, Gator's out of the limelight now. Now all the heat's going to the boss in social media. Um, yeah. I think boss <laughs> is the <laughs> main <laughs> villain. <laughs> and that's like, that's who everyone's choosing. Hey, and honestly, I know the social media person I've been, because I used to work here and I've been talking to him. And like, I think it's like some funny, I think it's funny as hell too, because it's also the Boston roster is such a contrast. And like, it fits perfectly into that persona of like, yeah. It's just like good. So like rain isn't there. The, uh, this seems nasty as fuck though. This team is so nasty. The current battle on the internet is the Vancouver social media manager versus the Boston social media yeah. manager, so which is an amazing thing. It's so King Kong good. Moment. It's so I, good. Someone remember the last time we talked about Boston social media? Fuck it. You can hate the guy, but you're still talking about them. So like Boston's doing their job. I mean, I just like that we're actually getting some personality finally yeah, between like because exactly. like Vancouver's like hating on Boston because they have their old not roster. Not from the players. Not from the players. Just from no, the social not from media players. managers. Not from players. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's the problem with esports. Esports players are all boring, and like you know, it's just like that's just. The no, life not we the live, CDL, so. they're not. Okay, you know, it's uh, CDL, but the CDL though, they know. also have it's like different because <laughs> like they can get away okay. with certain things that we can't, and also they're bad in other ways. Like they GA whole rule. Like imagine if Overwatch just GA'd out like heroes, you know? Like yeah. there's there's other things that are that are different that I think are pros and cons. Brother, we we might have to GA a hero this midseason match. We have to GA Jugger Queen. Yeah, that's true. Be down. Um, speaking of, yeah, there you go. The <laughs> pipe down. We know you won your Super Bowl uh, in week two of the season, but the ego won't last. And then obviously, Vancouver Titans are down at beating Boston. Ah, uh, so boy, that felt pretty fucking clean. I, dude, it's been such a sick start of the season with the social media managers and like social uh, accounts. Charge have had some crazy good memes. Uh, boss not rising and obviously Titans uh, beef on the on the timeline. It's good. It's good. Personality and like shit like that is is funny, and we can feature it on the broadcast, which is even better. Uh, well, people that don't know what GA is, uh, it's Guardian Angel is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Guardian. Yeah, it's Guardian Angel. Guardian Angel. Um, um, don't listen to Jack. Guardian Angel. Speak <laughs> speaking of Gongzo Charge, Jimmy kind of uh, what's he? Do? Well, he kind of fucks. Uh, and you'd be fucking. Should I talk about yeah. this or should Scott talk you, about you, it? You saw I mean, you, 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 you talked you, about the you the fornication live on Perth. You yeah like. You guys should break. No, actually, I'm gonna give this a Solomon. You got to bring up this meme. This meme is perfect. Uh, I'm gonna, dude. Yeah, I dropped. A, I dropped another quote live on broadcast. I'm full of those now. Uh, but he did. Did he not just fornicate on broadcast again? Like it's actually incredible how consistently he's able to do this. Um, he is basically one tricking Hanzo at the moment. Now, I don't know how good Hanzo is in NA. Uh, I don't know how many teams are playing Hanzo. It's pretty good. People play it. If you're going to play uh, Hitscan, it's mainly Hanzo. 
but he's basically just he's like just playing hanzo pretty much so um but it works because he's so damn good at this hero like he's legitimate you can see in the highlights here you can basically just go to the player of the match highlights where they collated all of his best frags on hanzo and he's destroying everybody like leave and shy can't dive on this guy because as soon as they do he straight up kills him he just murders them shoots them in the head instant death he comes out and clutches on the cassidy again this is the second time he's clutched on cassidy on this map like he, he did it versus dallas as well where he just last fight comes out cassidy kills three and just saves it for the long charge this map again versus spark kills two final fight havana saves it for the long charge and it was a close 3-0. Let's be clear. Like, people look at this result and they, they think, oh, maybe Spark just hard through or something. I think Spark played well. You know, they clearly... I think Shy did not play his best in the series. Shy looked a little bit like he was in a deficit. Maybe that was just the Jimmy difference. Like, Jimmy was bullying the hell out of him. Like, Jimmy was just killing everyone. Shy had to swap off Sombra at one stage as well. Shy went Hanzo for a little bit and he actually looked better on Hanzo. Um, so there was that. But... Yeah, this is this is the Guangzhou charge, and Jimmy is deservedly getting so much attention right now. I finally found the image, by the way. There you go, Solomon. Pull this up. This is this is what we're doing on broadcast these days. What are you talking about? This is what we do. Feel like we're about days. to get fucking demonetized on this video. I'm scared. I promise you, it's good. Um, I'm waiting. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I, uh, oh bro oh, oh no <laughs> that was um not you even, know i won't i'm not even going to explain this for the audio listeners no no yeah. explanation no no explanation uh, let's ex we'll explain i'm explaining for the audio listeners so audio listeners uh have you seen the the meme image of a guy a, han a traditionally handsome man talking to a woman in a cubicle and he says a uh he says uh you know something and then you're like the the woman's like wow that's so nice and then there's one was like a less conventionally attractive man says uh hello and then the woman's like human resources now imagine replacing the two men's faces with avril and then dustin bowerman and the first one is talking about how jimmy fucks and the second one is talking about how dustin says run a train on the back line and there you go there you go audio listeners piece that together you got piece this that together <laughs> and you will understand uh what just happened because it's very it's so the meme in your mind palace yeah. Um. I like. Yeah. I think if you even look at the stat card that Jimmy had, it's not massively impressive. But as Avril said, if you look at the highlights and if you watch the match, like when he is getting these multi kills, he wins team fights. Like I would say he wins probably like seven or eight team fights for Guangzhou just in this series. Like a couple on Kings Row, a sure. couple on Rialto, just like uh, sorry, Havana, just some really good play. And like as you said, Leave and Shy didn't have great games, but it really felt like every time they tried to peek against Jimmy, they were just getting headshot, and it just felt like he was getting such high value against them. And this is the DPS duo that we said is the best in the world. So Jimmy is himmy. Um, he absolutely fucked in this series. And Guangzhou looked to be a really strong team. I don't know if I agree that they could beat Atlanta. I think there's definitely probably a cap here somewhere unless Jimmy just keeps finding new levels of fucking. But uh, <laughs> new levels just watch of him. fucking. No, what you got to do is you just, you just got to watch Jimmy randomly headshot lip out of invids with a Hanzo. Like lip yeah. is fully invisible. And Jimmy just like he just just no issues just kills him anyway. I mean, here's the real problem. There, I, I'm gonna say it, the real problem is Hanzo. The real this they've they've given the weapon of mass Jimmy destruction here because this <laughs> Hanzo is just like so. It really is like it's obviously you have to be very very good at Hanzo to get the value you're getting. But God, it is just silly how much like 
uh, essentially what feels like if you're just like know where you're placing your shots like you're just like oh i want to place it here you will just get kills because we're just randomly headshotting somebody like obviously jimmy is maximizing here to their full potential but like hanzo is a little silly at times it's Flash a little bang. silly i i've been scouring the chinese community for for their content so the rest of you didn't have to um and also because i was just curious about like what's going on in terms of these because we don't we don't get to hear from jimmy we don't get to hear from any of the guangzhou hangzhou guys they've been doing their own little stuff on you know huya or billy billy or whatever streaming platforms that they're on um i can't remember where i said this way but uh jimmu among and kyo have been doing their own co-streams in chinese of the apac games oh. um they've specifically they well, they do they watch all of them but they're specifically there to watch their ex-teammates right and after every guangzhou game they, they usually invite the chinese players so the xerneas Arway and Jimmy on to do a post-match interview. So the six of them are just chilling out in a coast room together, talking shit. Huh. Uh, and they're like, they all, yeah, they're all ex Chengdu players as well, which is really funny. Um, and you know, a couple of the bits and pieces I got out of that. One of them was that Guangzhou are purposely playing the Hanzo because it it in Jimmy's mind it can be a bit of a soft counter to the to the Sombra if you know where to place your Sonics to to get the reveals. If like if you know Sombra positionings and where they like to hide and what they like to do, Sonic definitely screws with them a lot. So that's part of the game plan for the Hanzo and why they're playing the Hanzo. They don't want to play the the Sombra. I think something that was mentioned was Jimmy's not feeling too great on this on the Sombra at the moment, so they don't want to try and match the Sombra comps. So they'd rather play like a pseudo counter to the Sombra, which is why this Hanzo comp exists. That makes sense, I guess. I mean, because, like, also, I think the current meta, it's open enough to where, like, Sombra is really good, but you're plenty of op. You do have options with the Hanzo in particular to, and even, like, Sojourn on certain maps and, like, and, so, and such to uh, play against it, I think. I don't think the Sombra is, like, a, a nigh-unbeatable comp by any means. Like, the meta is kind of open. Honestly, that's the, the even better reason why we should just GA the, the fucking Junker Queen buff is because the meta right now is actually, like, pretty good. Yeah. So I like enjoy the meta in the Overwatch League. So happens every year. Look at last year too. We had a very open meta when we started out. Right before playoffs. Slowly become. I mean, yeah, right before playoffs, the meta was fine as well, in my opinion. Narrow, narrow. Yes, it's it's insane. Obviously, <laughs> I hope we don't get the Junk Queen buff into Overwatch League, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So Jimmy fucks. What a surprise. Yeah. Hell yeah. Finally, um, Scott is on finally, the fucking. My criticism of Guangzhou is that they are one tricking right now, yeah. and I cool. don't know. If they can, I guess they can just continue getting away with it unless something changes. Um, but there's there's almost no ramp Ramatra play in APAC. They don't like it at all. They prefer the Winston comps, or if they have to, they'll play some Diva and then maybe Sigma on the Sigma maps. But for the most part, you see like Winston eighty to ninety. I do. I do think that this comp that they play, I think running into like I said that that Baptiste here we go with like a Ram or like. Uh, even a Winston of their own, or like hell, even like a Junker Queen. Theoretically, there's like a lot of options to like where you have a much meatier tank line to like take space while a, like a Kiriko Tracer fights you. That reduces the viability of like this Hanzo play a lot. Um, By the way, so I don't know if you. Sorry, um, didn't mean to cut you off there. By the way, that was um, it. That's all I got. I was I was going to mention similar to the Atlanta Rain, although with way less matches to play. The Guangzhou Charge have essentially only one good team left to play. If they can beat the Infernal, especially 3-0, they're going to go flawless as well. Because they're currently flawless. They're currently 9-0. And they have who left to play? Only two matches left to play before they go into the knockouts where they have to face the contenders teams. Just Infernal and Shanghai left. Shanghai, not going to be a problem. 
they'll easily 3-0 Shanghai. Infernal could pose a bit of an issue. We don't know yet, but if they can 3-0 the Infernal, they're going to get the perfect stage as well. I also think worth noting, like, obviously we talked about Hemi the whole time, but Piggy is playing incredibly well on the tank as well. Like, especially on Winston, a role that he's not as much known for. He's, he's honestly playing uh, flawlessly with that. And then you've got the Swiss Army knife of choice of one as well. So yeah. it's like everyone on the charge is playing ex exceptionally well. And that's, they are deservedly so the best team in APAC. Like, they are just playing very well in this meta. You know what? Even I if they are one-tricking, as you said. I feel bad for Choi because I think he deserves a lot more love. Um, and, you know, Jimmy's been getting mostly... Obviously, the memes around Jimmy, he Jimmy is legitimately popping off and just doing crazy stuff at the moment. Jimmy's gone in two-play the matches so far, deservedly so. But in every single charge win so far, Choi has been incredibly insane as well. But just Jimmy just does more, like, flashy stuff. And, you know, also, like, I've, I've also voted Jimmy play the match multiple times, so that doesn't help Choi's case. But this is my chance to sort of speak positively about Choi. Uh, a little bit more because he's like majorly overlooked. I feel like most people forget about him a lot just because he spent a couple of years in the charge where charge has been forgettable. But on those years, he's always been the best player and he's always looked good. And I think one of the key markers of a good player is when you can look insane, even though your team is getting stomped. And that's been Choi for the last two years. So, you know, so Choi needs to start entering the conversation of like legitimate top flex DPSs at some point because consistently over three years, this guy's been performing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, well, he really just hasn't gotten the, not the notoriety he deserves because he's been on a pretty rough team up until recently, right? Like, up until, like, the end of last year. And, like, for that brief stage, because um, he, he was on the version of the charge that had Nero, right? So, like, he was, like... No, no, no. Uh, he, he joined after Nero. No, he joined... Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was 21. Close. He's played 21, 22, 23. He's been on... This is third year. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I, I think either way, though, he's been on some iterations that have been pretty meh. And also, he's on a region that gets traditionally less visibility than NA. He also hasn't of, like, been to an international. Oh. He's never made a... Yeah, never made an event. Hawaii, so, yeah. 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 So, I think this will hopefully be easier. Kind of crazy. We could have two teams that go uh, just pure wins. Flawless in their region? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That is really... Hey, and, and NA is going to get also reverse flawlesses. They're going to get perfect loss streaks, too, as well in NA. We're going to get one <laughs> yeah, of those. Which is also <laughs> insane. <laughs> That's, uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully you're not going to get an APAC unless no, APAC broke like... the curse. Yeah, well, yeah. Shanghai played well. Good. Did you guys watch that? I don't know if we're planning. I heard the about I heard the flat tank ha did did hit a bit. No, the, okay, the flat tank didn't hit. <laughs> it's just the flat tank didn't die, and that enabled Viper and he's <laughs> yeah. to kill every Viper's tracer was nasty in that series. Like honestly, I I, well, I, I went into line. that series asking like, how did Soul shit the bed? Right, because like, how did they lose to Shanghai? Seoul didn't play great, but it was honestly Shanghai playing well, which was a shock to me. So adding Iris, obviously, and replacing DM, they have a couple of really good pieces on that team. So if Flare Tank doesn't feed, then I think they can potentially beat some more people. Does Charge, would it be unrealistic to put Charge at like, to start being like, with their performance in APAC, to start considering like, yeah, Charge is a very real chance to win the midseason madness if the meta doesn't change? No, I think it's unrealistic, right? I think they get rolled by Atlanta. You have to. to roll, yeah, but. They so far they again basically play the one Hanzo Tracer comp with either Winston sometimes Diva. I don't know if they need to play other stuff. I'm trying to imagine like what. Let's pretend Atlanta play Guangzhou right now. How does that go down? Because Atlanta have a few different looks. They definitely play as much somber as possible. How does 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 Jimmy just continue fucking? Does he just one shot everybody again? Hanzo is that type of hero that if you're feeling hot and you're really good, maybe you can just like destroy a server. Like it is possible. But how how 
consistent can he really do that? So far, it's been three three matches in a row, nine maps in a row. He's done that. So we'll see. I, I feel like it's I feel, you do. I don't know. In the back of your mind, you're gonna feel like charges magic runs out at some point. Like Jimmy has one off day and he doesn't hit those nasty shots. What did the series look like? Completely different. So you do wonder in those sort of situations how it's going to go down. And you do wonder if the comp they're playing is infallible. And I don't know if I believe it's infallible yet. All right, let's quickly move on to NA because we haven't got long left on the storyline. Real quick about Viper. You have to talk about this stat line very quickly. 50% pulse bomb attach rate over four maps. Played four maps, Shanghai versus Seoul. Which is great. 50% pulse bomb attach rate. Did you see the stat? That is crazy. Did you see the stat thing that went up on competitive Overwatch yesterday? Which like, shows that proper has an eighty percent stick rate over the first two weeks. Now, the 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 yes 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 eighty one percent attach rate. Yes. Yes. The next closest is Pelican at fifty nine. Uh, just sorry, checkmate at fifty nine. People people still look. I swear to God, anyone that still doubts proper is a straight up control. Oh yeah, they just, they are. Yeah. How do you, like? Come on, dude, bro. There are people who still think he doesn't deserve MVP. Like fucking hell, who who the fuck are you people? He's really? so good. Like, oh my god! It's not it, like you just watch him play Tracer and he gets he gets so much value. Like it's whatever, can't beat a dead horse. But yeah, it, it, like pulse bomb attach rate really is a big defining factor. Like if you you should go look at these stats. Uh, I I guess I can put it. Eighty. I don't know. Yeah, I'll put it in the chat for you. Oh, Solomon's got it. Like mm. if you look at this, look oh at that. Eighty-one percent pulse bomb attach rate. Now, okay. So something to think about here, though, is that a obviously it's a smaller sample size than what we've seen from other teams so far. But also b people know no they noticed this with like the they did some stat analysis. I'd have to go watch the games to know if this is truly correct or not because this is just what people have been hypothesizing is that theoretically, since Stalker has essentially the same number of kills. But with a lower pulse bomb attach rate, it could just be that proper is like doing a proper just being very, very selective with how he pulses. You know, he's like holding them a lot more. So I but I don't know. I, I don't know if that holds up or not. But like if you have two players with similar pulse bomb kills but very different attach rates, that to me is like well, either one's just farming a lot more and throwing them out a lot more, or one's just holding I it for got, longer. Oh, well, he's throwing it on so, tanks. Like he could be throwing it. Yeah, or throwing it on tanks. I'm saying that exactly. Like being very selective. That kills per 10. Though with pulse bomb kills per ten is right there two point three two point one five I guess that's what I'm saying yeah that's what I'm saying yeah with eighty one percent you would think he would have a higher kills per ten you would think you would have a if he's hitting every single pulse you would think you'd have a much higher versus like soccer so either soccer is just sticking a lot of tanks in is what we or or is just being really selective with the pulses and like only using them at very critical moments type of thing like there's a or stalker theoretically is you know even like farming them more but i don't think that's the case because you can see their damage now, and such so it's like not the case i want to talk about the i want to talk about the other side of this go down the bottom no bro the, you don't Marston. need to bring it up look i look i get it boy. i get it speedily wasn't playing echo so that's his excuse what about everyone else you know <laughs> pick the fuck up everybody yeah. all right we need to move on boss we talk about boss not rising then we'll go into the ranking traces uh, we'll do that in a second. We kind of just talked about that, but we'll do Boston first. Boston Uprising collapse. Is this the beginning of the end? I've been, look, I've been the biggest Boston lovers since they uh, fucking announced their roster. Get a room. Um, Birdring got scammed. He got scammed in a fucking pro-am, pillar, pillar blocked. Um, but this was just a bad game. What can you say, huh? It was just a bad just game. Just a bad, bad game, yeah. Just, just a bad just game. Just a bad, bad game. game. Yeah, it's chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, they didn't end up getting 3-0'd by the Titans, which I'm not sure what you had on the co-stream, Connor. 
but I can't imagine many of you predicted Titans. I, in fact, I did not predict Titans <laughs> to I predicted Titans. win. I did. Predi I don't okay. think I predicted Titans to win, but Scott I did, did predict it'd be a close match. Oh, so you know what I did? I I, I showed up in Connor's co-stream for the first time like this entire year. Yes. I was like, bro, I haven't, I don't, I haven't seen these teams a lot this year. I'm gonna be honest with you, but people told me Decay is an MVP candidate this year, so I'm gonna go Boston 3-0. And then I woke up and saw the result. I'm like, what the fuck? What happened? <laughs> I thought, I thought Decay was gonna hard farm this game. Like people oh, were saying that this is gonna be. As soon as I left, he farmed. Omega Stomp, so he did. He did. He started doing a lot better. I mean, realistically, he started looking a lot better. I don't know if he necessarily farmed, but he did have a good. He's still been having good games. Like. I I definitely thought Titans were gonna people were mad underrating Titans going to this match. I just didn't think it was gonna be this big of a different like this. Like I thought Boston were gonna show up, but Titans fucking clapped them. Like I mean, I, I think so, people were way underrating Titans going into the match. I just didn't want to expect it to be this big it, of a difference. You saying it's not a close three yard? Very it was it no, wasn't really that close of a 3 0. No, it, it was pretty one sided. They got full held on uh, Blizzard World. Uh, the first map was close, they got full held on Blizzard World, and then third map was that another full? I can't remember was, exactly. Uh, they didn't get a point, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it, was, it was something we weird. Cast but this one. Yeah, yeah, I know we cast it, but I just don't remember it. But yeah, like, I think I. the big <laughs> thing about both of these teams is like Boston Uprising, they're 3 0. The best team they beat is the Washington Justice, which is playing somewhat well, but the other two teams they beat are, are just not good. And then Vancouver Titans, they played against San Francisco Shock and Florida Mayhem. Those were their yeah. two losses, right? So it's like people are just looking at the scores of like how many matches they've won and not sort of thinking about how you apply those things. Uh, for me, I don't think this is, you know, people are like, the crumble of the Boston Uprising begins now. Like, I, I don't believe that. And I'm I'm someone who is, if Jake's, uh, sorry, if Jack is a uh, a simp of the Boston Uprising, I'm definitely a hater of like, I think this team will collapse at some point and it's not going to look like it does at the end of the season. But I think we're, we're over-exaggerating how much this means. It is a bad look for, you know, when you have a, a team lose like this and Lee Jagon's like crying, it's like, it's a regular season game. Right. I don't know why you're so upset yeah. about one match against the Vancouver Titans, but I, who knows what that means? But like, I don't think it's as bad. I think if they if lose any more that. of their matches, I, that's a worrying sign because they had a pretty easy schedule across the board. Yes, to, like to push that fucking narrative, bro. That was crazy. What narrative? It, like the oh well, this whole team is toxic. That's why Lijigon was fucking crying because this team is gonna beat <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, it's like, bro, like I was like, what the fuck? Strike at the keyboard, ready behind him. Shit out of like, holy moly! Can I, that was uh, can I drop some copium? I, I have some military grade copium. Well, uh, give me a set. There was also I wanted to bring up the Winston's lab, which is actually back online. Um, I think the GM of the Vancouver Titans. I'm really sorry, I've forgotten the Roy. name. Uh, Baroy, thank you. Uh, Baroy re-released winston's labs which is a very cool tool to kind of look at the difference between the two teams and how different players are how effective different players were uh, like a, a ton of different stats go into these like ratings or whatever but faith faith's stats were just astronomical mm. that series like he had an extremely good game and i think there were a few people pissed off and honestly scott like we didn't decide player of the match that match but I think we were both kind of saying, like, it could have gone to anybody. We said it on broadcast. We ended up giving it to Punk, but f there you go. Thank Solomon. Holy shit. Pay, pay this motherfucker. Pay this motherfucker right now. Um, look at this shit. This rating, 84.75 compared to, like, Crimson, Sugar Free, Aspire, and Punk. Yeah. Um, compare that to the players in the Boss Uprising. Like, tragically low. Faith, as a main support, had an unbelievable performance. Like, and you don't see that from main supports too often. Like, it was 
ridiculous. Ridiculous stuff. And I think main supports don't get that much love, but I think this match really shows how impactful a main support can be. Not just on this, but also the eye test too. Because his, uh, his Briggs, Lucio, whatever the fuck he was on, he was just kind of pounding. Like, protecting his backline and, like, even going super aggressive at times too. I mean, like, he sure. went really aggressive a lot. He got a lot of very impactful kills where, like, him and... Like him and just Crimzo would just win fights together a lot with the like, Nano. Right. Like they would just like survive an ult and then just like walk in and win a fight. And like especially that cla that time honored Nano Nano Rally combo, it's just the raid boss. It's literally the raid boss. It's so hard to get them down fast enough. And they lost. You know, this is part of the reason that Boston lost a lot of these points is they could not kill Faith in a lot of crucial fights quick enough. Yeah. They just simply could not kill him fast enough. And that's also a lot of that's on Crimzo. A lot of that goes to Crimzo for. Uh, enabling faith to get so much value often. So, I, I Sugar Free also had some crazy dragon blades this first round when um, they traded beats and Decay went in with his blade, and then just the patience from Sugar Free was just ridiculous. Is this clip here? Um, that's in the bottom right, but the. Also the the blade going in was just ridiculous like the ability to understand what boss not rising wanted to do and then just wait patiently and back up and another good thing about supports right keeping each other the fuck up during those beat blade engages is just absurd gone scott also uh jake brought it up a lot on the desk like that might have been one of the best widow duels we've ever seen oh, on like yeah. um, oh such the, a good widow duel, the yeah. aspire versus bird ring like you know, as Jay said, usually it's one player who ends up just popping off and the other person just can't hang. And like that person just ends up rolling through the server. We've seen those kind of performances. Very rarely do you see one player go fucking sicko mode and then the other player responds and then the other guy responds and the other guy responds. Like that was wild how back and forth that Widowmaker duel was. And it's just sort of a testament to how good Widowmaker players are getting in this game. It's so insane that... It was, uh, the joke is with the Widow Duel, it's like, it's a 4v4, right? And then it's a 1v1. But like, this actually was just a 1v1. Like yeah. straight up Widow DM server on Rialto. Like that was it. it. It was just them two killing each other over and over again. Every now and then they kill someone else. But the shots both of them are hitting were just ridiculous. I, I don't know, man. I love Widowmaker play and I love watching it. And I think that was one of my favorite games of all time, Widowmaker wise. And it didn't even have arms in it. Like... Which is the which is the insane thing? You know what? You know what? This game also didn't have. Here's a military grade copium. It didn't have Eziaki. There you go. If Eziaki was in, shut up! No! 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 Like that's you know? yeah, that's mega. Like twi the Twilight call was the right call. Twilight was in. He did. A, he had a lot of good work. They just did not. They just lost on so many macro fights and could not deal. And Austin could not clean up like Faith, like with Faith and like Crimson. Like this yeah. was a issue. This was a team wide issue for this for them. And they their macro was bad. They didn't play it very well, and they just could not. Like Twilight Faith did has, all uh, he could as Ana. Faith has a rating of 84, you know, Eziaki 840 probably if in the same game. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the difference maker right, right there. Yeah. Right. For sure, for sure. This is a good game though. This is one of the, like, this honestly was a great game to see like nice, like really good Overwatch. Yeah. Even though it well, wasn't like it was a close game, the yeah. way Titans played it was like exceptionally strong. They played this, they played this comp very, they played across all the maps very, very well. So People were definitely too, like I said, too down on Titans, like Scott, and like you said, Scott, because of their losses, but not, but ignored who they'd lost to. So 
I, I'm excited. I don't think this is necessarily even a bad, like, this isn't even, like, some sort of bad thing for Boston. Like, I think they just lost to a pretty good team. And hopefully they can just, like, reclaim, like, because it's shown that they have, like, that they're kind of, they've been, they're not, like, boomed, you know? They're, they're, they've beat the boomed allegations so far. I feel like they still have plenty left in this tank uh, for them. It's just, they're just going to have to regain and, like, just come up with some better strats here. And, like, in particular, they need some better options, I think, with dealing with the they've yet to i think fight a backline uh for boston that's i give them as much trouble as this backline in particular um and that's something they're gonna really have to like shape up on uh, a bit they also threw away a lot of ults they threw away a lot of ults in this map yeah. in this match so like this is just like i think they're they just need a real test this is their first like real test oh we'll see if boston uprising can continue boston uprising everybody Woo! I'm not excited for Angry Times. Uh, Punk's uh, dab went a bit crazy on the timeline too. I love that. He shit. did go. He Punk's did go a bit crazy. Asking uh, how many maps have Austin played. The yeah, he, he's 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 really <laughs> coming after me. I think yeah, he's coming after me. Talking Absolute shit, bro. I'm not even talking shit. I've been a punk. Yeah, whatever. Uh -huh. I'm not even yeah. talking yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't yeah. be yeah. 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 All right, I do want to move on to. I think we will do power rankings now. Um, we'll probably skip a couple of things that we want to talk about, but they're not as important as the week two power rankings. Uh, for North America. We'll do that. We'll do the West first, then we'll do APAC. Um, so, with Atlanta Rain, <laughs> with Atlanta Rain not losing, I will safely say that they are number one. Uh, but where do we bold. think... Yeah, bold, bold, <laughs> bold statement. Where do we think Titans and um, Titans and Boston really end up here? Because at the moment, obviously, for the audio listeners, uh, for the top five, we have Atlanta Rain, Houston Outlaws, Florida Mayhem, Glads, and the shock, and then below that we have Toronto, Boston, Vancouver, Washington, London, New York, Valiant, and then tier break, and then Vegas. Oh, you, so, we didn't have any tier breaks last week. No, not really. We didn't put any tier breaks last week because it was really early before we had yeah. seen like much. Like now we can put tier breaks. Well, here's here's my first thing. I think glad you go above Florida simply because they beat them in the head to head. Like right now, like I think it's fair because that's oh, what okay. no. I here's the thing. Or are you gonna joke about the choke? Are you talking about the choke in the last row clutch? Uh, no, I. I it's like, that happened multiple times. Like they should. Glad's barely should have won New Queen Street as well, right? They got no, no. They they choked. Up Florida up. choked. Yeah, Florida choked. But I like overall. Like we saw Florida come out and just like dismantle Toronto. Like I know this is gonna feel disrespectful to the Gladiators, but. I still believe that Florida are a better team in Listen, this meta than I, I won't fight you on it because <laughs> I, a, I won't as fight a Florida enjoy it. I, I won't I won't fight you on it because I struggled with this myself, honestly. But like I just was giving it for fairness sake of like at the time since they were weekly rankings, I'm always just like adjusting it typically. But like I'll I'll keep Florida there. I think Florida glad swapping them whichever which way is fine. You know, like it, like I think we can leave them like this. I'm okay leaving like this. They can be swapped. That's fine. So I think everything else is fine. I think honestly, I'd put they at the time I might put a tier break between like everyone think, in Atlanta, even. Well, I think uh, yeah, I would put a tier break between. That's, oh well, yeah. here's the thing: can we put Houston below the no? Tier break? I, no, I, I think Houston. Uh, the way I did mine because I did one, I put Houston above, like uh, above the tier break instead of below because yeah. we hadn't seen enough of them yet for me to really clear definitively say. You know, I think that's fine. I, I think that's I, fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. What do we right, think about down Toronto the list. and Boston then being six and seven? I think will, will Vancouver Titans in there as well. Vancouver to six. You, you have to move Vancouver, Vancouver yeah. one, surely. I think Vancouver should be. I think here's my personal rankings. I think it should be yeah. like Vancouver, Boston, then Toronto. Okay. Uh, 
I'd put Toronto above Boston, but I'm a Boston hater. Yeah, I, I yeah. have been exceptionally unimpressed with Toronto. But, Tor yes. to but Toronto have played, it's, it's the same thing. I'm unimpressed with them as well, and that's why they're falling down the rankings, but they have played very difficult teams to remember as well. Like, I can't, like, off the top of my head, I can't I remember I mean, they exactly. played Mayhem. They've played, let's see who else. They played New Shock York. And won, they played New York and barely won the map yeah, five. Th th and that's, that's really the biggest blemish against them, right? Is that New York map five. Like, that makes me feel bad. They got uh, destroyed by Florida. They got uh, beaten by they the they had 3-1 by Glads, 3-2 by Shock. And it was like a really weak, like, had to yeah. go on a practice Shock. Like, I don't know. To me, it's not even just about, like, I understand they have played good, like, really good teams. It's more so for, like... I think it's it's not unfair to put them in a mid-tier ranking like that because that's how they've been performing. It's not like we're saying they're bad. Like we're simply saying like this team right now has not shown anything to to say like they can even compete against Glads and above teams. I agree. I I think they need to be low, but I'm just saying I think they should be above Boston still. I still believe in Toronto more than Boston. <sighs> And maybe that's a mega cope, but that's just where my heart says. I'm happy to put Boston above. Yeah, because let's get Jack in here to sort of hype up Birdring a little bit. I think Boston should be above them, personally. I think still Boston, they still need to go above Toronto. I just don't think Toronto have looked as inspiring as Boston have. Like, Boston still... Dude, I'm going to keep harping on this shit, but they still got that name value, baby. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think it's difficult to say as well how they are going to... Do, like how Toronto are going to do against the mid-table teams because we haven't seen enough. Early power rankings are so fucking wonky, bro, because yeah. we haven't seen every team play every other team. But I think you could honestly interchange seven and eight. Uh, it would be close, I think. I want to see those two teams fucking play. When yeah, I'd like to see a play between the two of yeah. them. <laughs> um, week four. Because also Boston's, Boston's team still, their team, because I, I still think Toronto have struggled pretty significantly with... Um, the the Kaluge not being it's not like Kaluge wins has been bad, but I will take the Boston tank rotation way over the current Toronto tank rotation because like Kaluge it's like like on off tank especially like players like Sigma I'm like okay I feel really confident about Kaluge. It's just right now like this Winston centric meta and a lot of what we've seen in the Winston play it's just like they're just not fit for it like it's just not working for them. Hydron should always play hit scan. Oh, Hanzo. yes, and just... Hydron should always be playing hit scan for this team. Yeah, he should be forcing. They should be forcing like Hanzo and shit with like like charge. The same with way Florida Hydron. does, right? Yeah, like Florida so. only plays Merit on hit scan. They don't play Sombra because it's not their strength. Toronto yeah. needs to lean into that themselves. They their Sombra dives just ain't it. But also, Toronto have a fundamental difference than Boston too because Speedily's Tracer started out pretty decent and then has been slowly but surely looking worse and worse match to match. Like, it just hasn't kept up with, like, the level of, like, decay, in my opinion, at all. Um, so, I personally don't think they just... I just don't think they have the oomph on this team currently with this meta to compete against Boston. The only other team I would consider moving in this list right now is would we want to put New York up at all? I oh, like yeah, potentially I over London, I but like New we haven't York seen London too. from last I, I, week. I mean, personally, I, I mean, I'll just tell you what I did in my rankings. I essentially, it's essentially this is if I have New York over Washington. Over Washington. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I would have them just below Washington. I think Washington yeah. have a better high, I think, than the New York. I think New York are, like, stealthier. Like, they're stealthily, like, I'm liking Because I'm going to tell you what I've seen from Washington. I've seen one thing from Washington, and his name is Alpha Yi. I've seen nothing else from Washington Justice. <laughs> I have seen literally nothing else from the Washington Justice to make me think about them in any manner. 
And while New York, I'm like, holy shit, wait a minute. There's actually, well, they're cooking a little bit. Like they're actually, they're actually doing yeah. some interesting things. Like across the board, I have seen literally nothing from Justice other than Alpha Ego Pound. And like, I also think it. it's important to remember that Washington, they're three and one, and it's another team that we're like looking at their record. Like they're good. They beat London Spitfire, Vegas Eternal, and the Los Angeles Valiant. Literally the only three teams yeah. we have below them right now. And they got 3 0'd by the Boston Uprising. So like, we genuinely don't know how good this Washington team is. And I agree with Avast. Like, they're really heavily carried by the DPS line right now. Yeah. And, like, yes, Valiant did take a map off of New York. But I think Valiant was looking slightly better as the weeks have gone on, too. And, like, Seeker just has moments where he's him. And, like, yeah. that was, like, a game where Seeker just was him. He had, like, I think in that match, he had, like, out of the 34 final blows that New York or that Valiant got or something total he had 21 of them yeah he, he had, had like, like 21 of the final yeah. blows like it was just disgusting so like i don't know i just personally think new york actually has a much more comprehensive team like their team just makes sense and they have multiple players that are pretty good like they have fitz lep kellen and like psycho who's honestly been having like a really good tracer performance so and then creative obviously on Ana. like it's like which is the best hero by far. I mean, you could in this matter you can get DPS just hard carry. So and I yeah, think I, general, I I think it's fine for that personally. But yeah, I'm fine to live I, like this. I'm happy to like for us to be more confident in New York. Yes. All right. Uh. Well, let's move on to APAC then. Uh. APAC ranking. Finally, it's my time to shine. Look at that. Six teams, baby. Let's go, let's go. baby. Yeah, you can just leave it like this. No, um, no I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You swap, uh, swap the Joe teams. Go on yep. Joe number one. I think. Let's we, have a bit of a Joe swap. Quick Joe swap. A Joe off. I first of all, I this is where you gotta pump the brakes on anyone dooming too hard a hung Joe just by the 0 and three. You have to remember a very mm. close game. That's why you have to specify when a three O occurs. Was it like a stomp or was it competitive? And this was a if you watch back the series and anyone's curious, it was a competitive enough three O that if Jimmy doesn't clutch certain fights, it's either it's it's a completely different series. The scoreline's completely different. Maybe Guangzhou don't even win. That's that's how like nuanced this 3-0 was. It's a very close 3-0. It doesn't doesn't mean Hangzhou are a bad team. It means Guangzhou played out of their minds. Um I would have Soul Inferno on a clear number three at the moment. Um I, personally. I, I would like to fight, and I don't know if this is crazy, of potentially there's a tear break between the Joes and everyone else. Can could I sell you on that? Or do you are you not because Soul Inferno haven't played either Joes. They played both Joes this weekend, so I don't know how to put them. I would, but if, I think the only thing about uh, i feel like i want to give inferno the benefit of the doubt but then again they had that's that fair. really bad two three versus dynasty i think be just because that let's put the tear break in for now and and infernal can prove it wrong i guess this and they, week. then we can move but the tear break down that's kind of what but I it feels say, like yeah. infernal infernal are closer to i wouldn't yeah the tear break's fine infernal are closer to breaking the tear break than they are like you know being a tier what, below but i'm happy to have we, that there for can now. we move the shanghai tier break up so soul infernals in their tier of their own and then we have the circle of suck at the bottom of like soul dallas and shanghai don't know how much they suck yet or like how good they uh, are nah i think infernal because of this because infernal is part of the circle of suck sorta like they've, aren't only, they? they've only had that one bad loss to soul dynasty first match said, of the yeah. year and that was on yeah. map five and infernal Probably should have won that. Like, I don't they think looked, they choked yeah, as hard as people. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. So, I think it feels unfair, but I, I think it's fine. I won't argue against it too hard. I think I think Infernal hard choked, not just the last map, but the whole series, because once you saw Infernal again in the next two games versus Shanghai and Dallas, granted it's against Shanghai and Dallas, but they like hard stomped. So 
those two teams. Like, they dismantle those teams, as you would expect. They played um, Mercy Bastion on fucking... I guess yeah. you gotta hold that against them, but they, like, literally yeah, put, the, mean, put the stick in their bike, right? Like, it was so they were stupid. Looking like, they were looking like fucking Star Watch out there, you know? Like, it was not looking good. <laughs> who are you talking, who are you talking about? I, fucking Infernal. Infernal. Yeah, Infernal. Infernal. Dynasty? On the Shambhali, they played Mercy Bastion against the Soul Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, dude, I don't know. Some first week. They lost to Void Line. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was um, weird. So I'm happy. To, th those, those tier breaks are good. Now, the bottom... I think Soul Dynasty are probably... Oh, this is tough because Soul just lost to Shanghai. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a weird situation where despite Soul losing to Shanghai... Oh, do you want to put Shanghai above Soul yet? Like, it feels like you should, but at the same time... I, I, like didn't, Dynasty, I didn't put them above them, no. It feels like Dynasty just, like, had a god-awful series as well. I, um, I don't think Shanghai has shown to me like they, that they deserve to necessarily move up a spot yet. Still. But do you... Th uh, then there's, there's the question, like, are they better than Dallas? Like, if Shanghai and Dallas played now, and when do that, they, they will be playing at some point. But not... Yeah, next I, week I, they're playing. I <laughs> did think that they... I, I did think... Though, based off what I saw from them, that if they if their DPS line continues to look this good, especially with Edison kind of being in a real, like, kind of a, you know, I think he's been absent a bit. He's been medicine, not Edison. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the Fleta is just not feeding. I would take Dragons over Dallas right now. And Dallas meta. has to be lost. Yeah, I think Dallas, I personally think Dallas is last because it's so just they don't have anything spectacular going for them. Across the board, yeah, they, have, really. they have a meta Whoa. change coming in the future. A meta fucking <laughs> change yeah. in the future, yeah. hopefully. But once that, once that goes through, oh boy, yeah. That, that meta change better not go. Through. Uh, the other problem I have to Dallas is they can't play meta. They can't play Winston. Yeah, uh, but maybe yeah, they'll force some NA stuff like the Ram a bit more. Maybe they can make the Jungle Queen work a bit more. Even though a junk, even they ran the Jungle Queen versus Infernal and they got fucking whacked. Like Infernal just, just I think if it. they try to play the problem with APAC is I think if they had anyone to practice against in these like RAM comps, like you said, they would have a lot more tools in their kit, but they have not been exposed to RAM like at all. They have had no RAM ranch exposure. There have been no naked cowboys in at RAM Ranch I mean, that they've had to deal Ra with. My understanding of the scrim meta is that RAM was played earlier on uh in the scrim meta and then it, it got weaker and teams started beating it and, and RAM started losing in scrims. The team started abandoning Ram, was what the story is. Yeah, but I feel like also, I don't think any of the... I don't... I, I feel like a lot of the teams were not necessarily, like... They weren't committed to it in the same way that NA was to making it work, yeah. essentially. Like, they like they yeah. saw, started seeing resistance, and Apex's like, Oh, I guess Winston's better! And like, <laughs> they're going back to Winston, like, fast, you know? They're Dallas ready to get to out of there. To lead the way. Like, they need to be the ones to prove that Ram is good if Ram is going to re-enter the meta. But uh, at the yeah. moment, until Dallas prove otherwise, yeah, they probably are bottom... It was bad because I feel like there's I saw some good potential coming through from Dallas in the Hangzhou game, but then you watch the Infernal game like oh man whatever whatever momentum whatever like opium you have for Dallas suddenly just got crushed in that match so that was pretty hard to watch. It does feel like a dice roll at the bottom of the board here. Going to be real, it's like the old, it's the classic APAC trifecta of this team beats this team, but it beats this team, yeah. but this team beats it. It's just like the circle of like the bottom three definitely can trade right now. for sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, yeah. On any given day, I think any of them could this... beat each other. Yeah, this seems pretty fair. So there's the uh, patch-up power rankings for APAC. Let's move on to uh, the Preds for this week. Predictions, everybody. Predictions! Let's go! All right. Um, we got Q&A after this, so we'll kind of uh, zip through this one. Shouldn't be too bad. There aren't, Although saying that, there aren't a crazy amount of like, one-sided games, it doesn't feel like, especially for the Preds we got. But uh, Atlanta Rain versus the Houston Outlaws. 
No um, chance. Any surprises? Oh, let's nah, no see one's a believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a rain. Okay, yeah, there's no fucking way. If you had to give a score, though, <laughs> this is the one I'll do this for, though. If you had to give a score line, what would it be? Avril, you go first. 3 1, because I think Houston are a good enough team to compete at okay. least for a 3 1. Okay, I'm just going to go different for Avril on that because, like, I was going to say 3 1 as well, but I don't want to be a 3 1 Andy along with Avril. So I'm going to go 3 0. I, I think the oppressive Sombra style, no one has been able to hold a candle to it. And I think Houston might struggle, but I also agree with Avril that I think if anyone was going to do it, it would be Houston. I have the same as Avril. Yeah, I'd say a 3 1. Uh, Houston are second best team right now. There's probably a world where they take, even if it's just like control, I think they take that. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. there's a very good world uh, that Atlanta Rain do finally lose a fucking map. The only reason I have them losing a map because I have a three one is simply because I think the Outlaws backline is strong enough to actually give pause to Lip constantly oh, yeah, yeah. poking and prodding. Like yeah. Shu will sleep his ass. Shu will sleep yeah. his ass. Like it will happen. Like they're like I think that's like the only backline currently that can really like get consistently. Not only actually, but I think like I think maybe like even the charge backline could. But like there's a there's i don't think they're going to get like guaranteed value as much anymore like they probably but i do think rain are the dominant team right now in the meta so all right san francisco shock and the washington justice <laughs> by the way i think Who that was a play check guarantee yeah, this one's a play check I mean, guarantee yeah, a play yeah. guarantee, for this guarantee one? baby all right play chat guarantee we don't have a do we, we don't have a screenshot we have a screenshot thing anymore We'll be, no, but what's not, it's not, we can just, yeah. Okay, I will say this series, if San Francisco Shock don't fucking slap down the Washington Justice, I, I'm starting to raise the red flag for the San Francisco Shock. Uh, it's just the housing, that's all it is. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, sorry. It, 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 it was the ping, it was the housing, it was the travel, it was the thing. Yeah, three weeks into practice, they think they better start fucking slapping people down, otherwise I'm worried. The Alpha E proper matchup might actually go crazy. Like the DPS versus DPS of uh, Shotgun Justice actually might go a little bit wacky. However, I don't know about the tank matchup. I'm going to say it. I think the tanks uh, kind of get rolled on the Justice side. I don't think. I thought there's... you were about to say Ben Best clears that fraud, Junbin. <laughs> Dude, what, are you, no, what are you saying? No, what the fuck? No, I think Shock just kind of clears in the tank role. I find I struggle to believe that uh, Ben Best or Mira could topple them. Like they're just too good, especially with the meta room, man. I just don't see it. I mean, is the DPS just Alfie? Is Flora doing enough? Because Flora's been I good. Even, I don't it, know if this been decent. is. Yeah. Okay. I was a Flora doubter coming into this season. Let, let me think. I I had utmost faith in Alfie, and maybe Flora's just piggybacking off that. But like, because I wasn't, I didn't like what I saw from Flora last year on New York Excelsior. But I actually think he's been holding his own. I think he's been playing quite well. This should be a three zero, and if it's not, then you might have some questions for the shock. The other thing is we haven't seen shock for a full week. No, so they've been they've been cooking for a whole damn week. I need to see uh, I some, know what they've been doing. I need to see some progress for the shock, honestly, here. Because it's not just enough that they win. I need to see progress for them. I need to, to see like... proper stick 81%. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that, is, that doesn't have to happen. I, I want to see proper not have to carry the entire fucking team on his back for them to get a win. That's what I want to see, right? Oh, but it's good for his MVP campaign again. That's why they're that like true, sandbagging yeah. a little ah, bit. The second MVP, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> what is the percentage chance you reckon that Justice actually take this series, though? Do you think it's going to be like a clean sweep oh. or is it will justice do they have a competitive chance i'd put i'd a put a mapper? i'd put a, a, I'd, I'd give them an eight percent eight percent i would go like more towards like 15. 15. to win 15. or to take a map or to what do you mean to win 
to win, win the series. I think win below 10. I think it's a single digit for me. It's a one digit percent. Digit as well. I don't know what yeah. percent, but it's within the single digits. More of a shock doubter than the others, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I, I love how this, uh, the audience as well is like, yo, you always talk about shock, you're fucking sucking their dicks as well. It's like, yeah, well, you know, look at the opponents, bro. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, um, yeah. I there, there, Maybe there is a double digit percentage chance of winning here. Do you reckon they'll take a map then? I think, I think so. there's a I think there's a double map digit chance? percentage chance to take a map. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that could but happen. But that's anywhere between ten to ninety nine, so you don't know what that is. That's facts. <laughs> Wait, that's facts. <laughs> he's spinning. Playing the field smart. Um, all right, let's move on to dragons and fuel. Oh boy, these next. Oh, few this was this was hard, is man. Be, this is going to be a coin toss. Okay, who has got the element mystic sims? No, there it is, I want to switch. No, there I want to switch. Element I want to switch. I, I'm out. I'm out. No, I'm I've surprised. Had Aren't you it's the gone. Dallas I, doubter? Yeah, I. Well, here's the thing. I I remain very quiet when we were talking about the Dallas fuel. I I personally I haven't been able to watch a Dallas match. I'm actually watching it on stream today because I kind of want to see the problems with fuel, but. I, I've heard the misfortune. I've heard they've been struggling. I watched, I gave this prediction before I watched Shanghai play against Seoul. I would go for Shanghai in, in this thing. I, I, I'll switch. I don't know if you have the technology or if we're just going to have a verbal agreement that I went for Shanghai, but I'll go for Shanghai over Dallas. Fuck it. I'll, the Dallas, it's fine because the Dallas fans have been very quiet. It's crazy. When I did my power rankings video, they were everywhere in all my videos and on they my Twitch. Been quiet, they hated. have been quite quiet about that. Yeah. They've been really quiet lately now that things haven't been going the well. The yeah. Look at this, look so at this heel turn. Wrong. Now the Preds have changed. You know, I, I was going to say this one should be the player check guarantee. Just mint it, lock it in. It's got yeah. an change, but you know, he's, he's, he's swapped it now. I mean, that's fine. Uh, what was uh, quite funny was the discussion around the supports because obviously they lost their championship winning backline to the Atlanta Reign and now they have uh, MCD and Bliss. And I do remember, Avril, you saying Bliss could potentially be the next Chio. Yes, keyword potentially. Okay. But for all the, so for all the people that want to like, okay, you know, get rowdy that. about it, let's say. Rowdy. Rowdy about it. Don't get real rowdy, rowdy out there. Oh, the chatters. <laughs> getting rowdies. My Look, God! This is this is every single season. There are certain good prospects coming out of contenders. Sometimes they fall flat. Like Mag was like mega hyped up, and then I don't know. Maybe Washington ruined him. I don't know. Um, and sometimes they work out. Like we expected Proper to frag out, and he was actually even better than expectations. So some and, and like two weeks in. So who knows? Lister still got time. Dallas still has time. Um, all I'm saying is that like. Chio was one of the top prospects alongside Vindane coming out from 2021 going to 2022. And this time it's Bliss going into this season from 2022 to 2023. It's the same deal where he's just, he's the top prospect. That's all it's about. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Chio, but the key word is potential there. I mean, it's a, that's a load bearing potential right there in terms of a load the word. bearing potential. Yeah. Load bearing word is what I'm trying to use. The, the word potential there is load bearing. Is, is so I've essentially, the reason I said that I thought in you know, the power rankings dragons were currently a better team, but I didn't put fuel, I put fuel in this match because I essentially, right now at least, I have fuel essentially as like the USD. Like it okay. is the reserve, it's a reserve currency. Like eventually at some point, Rush, I have faith that Rush will be able to beat the suck allegations with this roster. And I just, you know, like, obviously I'm not going to throw, like, clear throws, but, like, just the Dragons, I'm like, I feel like, especially because I haven't seen every bit of the match that you're about to watch, Scott, but, like, I watched the latest match, like, a large portion of it. I feel like it was a lot better than the earlier matches. Okay. Which I match are you watching, felt, Scott? 
Which match? Uh, I, I'm going to watch... Oh, fuck, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm going to decide. I might watch both and I might just speed run them just sort of I like think keep you... an eye on it. I think Which one do you, you recommend? You should watch the Dallas Infernal one if you want to see, because it's the latest That's one of Dallas. That's probably a better one, yes. And it's the one where you, like, if you if you want to try to figure out their problems and see what's what's fucking going wrong, that's the one you need to watch. Okay. Also, yeah. that's the one on land. They play on land as well, which is quite exciting. Yeah, okay. So, I'll probably well, I mean, look, they need to beat one team this week. They're going to do it. Back to back, maybe. Soul Dynasty versus the Dallas Fuel up next. What do we have? Dallas Fuel, baby. Uh-oh. Come on! <laughs> the team that yeah. just lost to Shanghai, we're all saying is going to be Dallas. That's where we're yeah. at. Yeah, dude, yep. we were saying before, like, dude, any three of those teams could beat each other. Like, yep. this happens every year in APAC, every fucking year, whether it's the top teams or the fucking teams that are at the bottom. There is a group of them that just beat each other every single fucking time. It's the best part about APAC is th there's no Vegas here. Like, there's no bottom feeder team, there's no Valiant anymore. Even Valiant last year wasn't a bottom feeder team the competitive. I'm I'm just glad everyone is like, you know, you every match you can actually watch and, and not necessarily just know the result based yeah. on oh this team's gonna stomp that well, team. Well the only ones that you know you're probably pretty confident right now is like it's probably the Joe. Anytime charge plays, you're like, okay, Yeah, the other team is probably that's probably not win. playing yeah. Spark. Anytime they're not playing Spark, you're like, Well, it's fucked. Like they're yeah, not winning yeah. this. Okay, so everything soul's gonna win? Yeah. Seems yeah. Fine. Pro okay. Uh, talking. Even... Wait. Talking about teams that need to give up on the Sombra. Soul okay. Dynasty is another one of them. Stop playing Sombra. Yeah. Prophet Sombra is just ain't it's... it. It's Dude, really shit. I know. Uh, people it's were fighting for. Was it, he's game. not here right now. Like Johnny's not here right now. People were fighting for Little P. And I'm like, Little P did not do anything like crazy to inspire this much confidence. And like, I don't think he's this like a bad player. Good. Exactly. This, this guy's good. He got, he got just like, by Hisu though. But like the thing is well. that like he hasn't shown any flexibility or like a bit like he hasn't shown like a bit deep like uh, flexibility yet. Like a long standing like things just like, I don't know. Little P was always like a weak point to me, but I had Jonathan, Johnny the Wise fucking jamming talking about looking Little P and like he's going to be huge. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, so I'm glad Little P is like, Johnny's not here for me to gloat him, but he'll see it eventually. We'll see it eventually. Yeah, I think the DPS cleared Dynasty from Shanghai. Um, yeah. Vipers was somehow... I wouldn't say he... Maybe maybe that's a bit strong to say he cleared Prophet. I don't think he cleared he did. Prophet. No, he, he did. He, in that series, like, I watched him. He cleared Prophet. Like, Prophet played well nice and he still hit Prophet. some big things. I'm trying to but be nice. But... Yeah, he was, he was more consistent, I think. Uh... That being said, Prophet didn't play poorly. I think the, I think yeah. the Hisu... Little P gap was like the big fucking gap in that game. I think game, rarely personally. you'll find that he plays poorly though. He's like, he feels like the most consistent player of all time. Like even if this year was like the final year and he's playing this one just for fun. Like when we casted that first match, Scott, the uh, Infernal versus Dynasty one. I'm like, bro, there's just no way this guy doesn't come out the gate and just perform consistently. Yeah. Like there's, he's always going to be the consistent factor. And I think so, having someone to rely on like that is like super important. I don't know about you guys, but the, the reason I went for Seoul in this game, despite going for Dallas in the other game, which is completely backwards because Shanghai just beat this anyway. The point I, I go for Dynasty here because I feel like they'll come back from that loss versus Shanghai, and that was more of like a, a choke from them that is not necessarily going to repeat again. Um, at least that's the copium I'm running on. I feel like that was that Dynasty are not going to look that shit again. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, I agree. All right, uh, Charge versus Infernal. What do we have? I mean, this seems a bit obvious since we did our power rankings. If anybody, uh, I check guarantee. No. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's I charged. mean, like they just charge are looking nasty. Jimmy fucks. 
Infernal. Yeah. Maybe they take a map here. I, I thought maybe just... Until more. Charge lose, there's no reason I'll go for them. Yeah. Uh, which is fair. It's pretty based. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you want to discuss this one more, but Spark Infernal 2. <laughs> this is... Actually, this sorry, this that... is going to be close. I put 3-2 for this one. Okay. For Spark uh, Infernal. What does everybody else have in terms of scoreline? Or even just Pred. Everybody went Spark. Okay. Yeah. Pretty fair. But pretty close, I think, this game could be. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Soul of me, I think Infernal have been playing well. I just, I, I fear for the backline of the Hongjo Spark versus the, the Shy Leave. Like, I actually think MN3 and Zest can take it to those guys. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think this is where we'll start to see Infernal struggle. It's kind of hard because Hongjo have been a, little, a lot more inconsistent than the Gongjo, it feels like, in the way that they've played. And Soul Infernal haven't played any of the top teams. They've been dealing with the bottom three and they've just been playing well against it for the most part, other than that Soul Dynasty. So it's, it's kind of hard to predict for Soul Infernal in this situation, in my opinion. But I wouldn't be shocked if Soul Infernal won this match. Infernal have some good highs. Like, again, we, we all heard the preseason rumors about, about them being the best team in scrims. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they do the classic Soul or Infernal slash Philly thing where they just choke on day one. Um... They've looked extremely clean versus the teams at the bottom that they're supposed to be. And that's what you want. You want, you, if you're going to be a good team, you need to look giga clean versus Dallas and Shanghai, which they did. So if there's any hope uh, of, of a team sort of entering the Joe tier, I think Infernal is the best shot. Uh, and not only this game is winnable for Infernal, I think, there's, I think the Guangzhou game is winnable for Infernal, but I'd still favor both the Joel teams over Infernal currently, despite Infernal having some uh, good peaks that I think they could reach. There was a very big piece of news that has dropped live during this stream, oh, but let's finish the predictions. Let's finish okay. the predictions. If we well, can... this was the last pred, so... Okay, good. Uh, drop the well, news. The, so, Sean Miller has just confirmed that for Midseason Madness, um, they will be keeping the patch the same all the way to Midseason Madness. So... Yes. Dallas Mill fans, you guys are fucked. You guys are The PayPal didn't clear. The PayPal from Dallas Fuel just didn't yes. make it. And they're like, sorry, man, didn't come through. Boom. Absolutely fucking gigabased. Wow. Okay, no fucking infinite JQ ult. Let's I, go. I think, okay, and as much as this feels like unprecedented, and it kind of is for it to go through, I think we can all agree with just, like... Sean is probably talking to Team 4 and they're like, are you, like, let's say this is a mega broken. Is this going to get fixed anytime soon? Yeah. They probably said, no, like, we're probably not going to do a patch. So it's like, at that point. Just the Doomfist stuff yeah. is enough for them to just like, we can't push this shit out. Like, yeah. Um, uh, which, uh, it's like a overarching point on this. This is fucking sick for another reason too. It means that like the developers and the league are very much like talking to each other openly about like how they can deliver the patch to overwatch league and like how it will impact like this is this is good because normally i don't know if i speak for anybody else here but i feel like this wouldn't happen any other year it, or like yeah. not the last couple of years maybe again every single year it does feel like we're getting more integrated with the game with the devs and everything else like the communications they've been flowing backwards and forwards it's been sick and i feel like if this was 2020 or maybe like 2019 or whatever the patch would have just gone through it wouldn't have fucking mattered and we'd start with jq matter you know what i mean so it this feels super cool i yeah props to sean no it's nice it is nice and there is a very short time frame on this so i can't really object to this from like okay let's use it as like a marketing perspective like there's a short time frame and
and like i respect that will not drastically change the meta because it, this could be i'm fine if this is the year we finally take a standard like fuck it we're gonna actually keep the patches consistent somewhat for yeah. like like the year if yeah if the mid-season like if this patch had been like a few minor tweaks a couple of numbers here and there on some of the heroes that are relevant and we're like oh yeah okay it might shake up the meta a little bit in that because it's only going to be like there's only six teams going to the mid-season madness that this will actually affect right like if if it was going to do that i think everyone would be fine but something as like deliberate and ridiculous as this junker queen change like yeah it would have just ruined it like everything it that would've. we would have had these teams qualify for would become redundant for essentially the the point that matters yeah well guess what i mean fucking mid-season man is going to be extremely pog now yeah the fact that we can keep this meta all the way through is going to be so nice it's going to be such a good it's going to be a really good event hopefully I mean, I hope it is because uh, it's our only event until playoffs. So, competitive integrity is like it needs to be at the forefront. I'm glad that's been uh, held up. You know, the integrity is still so, there. Integrity is back, there. guys. Integrity is back. New Finally. integrity just dropped. Finally, new integrity. All right, let's move on to the uh, plat chat Q and A. Uh, plat chat members Q and A. Appreciate mm. all the members out there. High five. Um, so we got a few questions from the members out there starting with uh this one <laughs> we could talk about this one for a long long time i feel like watching shanghai versus seoul and fletter looked much better this week uh actual improvement or easier competition what do you think improvement could be better column a column b um to be fair shanghai played against both infernal and hangzhou which are much better teams than shanghai seoul dynasty uh despite beating Infernal in week one are probably a weaker team in comparison, but Fletter was much better. Like if you actually compare his individual performances, he's it's it's a team coordination thing. My biggest critique of Shanghai in the first two matches was they were slow and lost. They had no initiative. They didn't know how to push advantages. Even when they were ahead and they were in favorable situations, they never took those advantages and, and took those advantages to somewhere where they can extend it into a further lead. Uh, and in the dynasty game, you could start to see them shift that around and actually take leads where they're supposed to win fights. They're supposed to. The whole team started to improve around it, and your tank's going to look better when your team looks better, because I think you, everyone knows this, but your tank looks much worse when your team is bad, and your tank looks much better when your team is good. I think it's a lot easier to play flatter tank when your DPS are just pretty much doing their own thing and winning the game for you in a lot of ways. So, you know, I, I don't think flatter fed, right? Like, he didn't play badly in those series, but, I you know, that's much needed improvement. I think as long as you don't feed in this better on tank, like it's all good. Like with yeah. Ram especially being so prevalent too. Obviously they do prefer the kind of Winston, but it doesn't surprise me that people like Flutter can obviously play tank at a super high level either. Like Lip can do the same thing. That motherfucker was like top five tank on the NA ladder recently. Like um, it doesn't wow. surprise me too much. I think he's rank four combined, by the way, Lip. Um, he was in my game actually playing tank. He fucking just dominated. That guy's just a freak. Lip good at the game. He's, <laughs> he's super good. Uh, yeah, not only just a somber, uh, fucking tank too. So like, I'm not too surprised for that. Uh... And he's only going to improve, right? If he was on a, a team where the DPS were weak or like the backline was weak, he would struggle a whole lot more. Like, I think the support around him is just so important to make him look good, but also actually help him get to the level he kind of needs to stepping into the role for the first time. So yeah, I think improvement across the board. Yeah. That's good. It, that was yeah. it. That was sick. All right. Next one. Um, is a... Tr okay. This 
this one's a hot take. Is tracer-free meta desirable? Is a tracer-free meta desirable? Fun to watch, but a staple for so long. Similar to Lucio? Uh, question mark? So what can do we, we think? Is a tracer-free meta actually desirable to the general audience? Like, to we, watch? Can we Would you... have a definition of what tracer-free means? Does that As mean she, she no can't tracer. get... So she can't get played at delete, all? Like, she's not pickable yes. at all? Completely delete dead. tracer from the or, game? There you or, go. Or because the other version of that is like you, she's an option, but there's other options you can have in those roles. How, and she's not how, how, okay, Avril, how is the second one a tracer free meta? I don't understand how you yeah. interpret the second because, one as, because it's a tracer, tracer free meta. A tracer like, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, well, no, the question it's just, is, it's just a healthy a meta, where... the meta at all. Like, do, pretend well, tracer doesn't exist. The, the, the uh, tracer is gone. The tra there's no tracer. Gone. The it's tracer is tracer free. It's tracer free. Is it desirable? To have no. no tracer in the game. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well, okay, here's the in thing. The and the, I think when you say, oh, let's take tracer out, who do you replace it with? And I think if you look at the previous oh, metas man. in the past, people usually get really upset about these kind of things because it's like, would it make a meta? It's fun for a little bit, but it gets really boring really fast and it's like kind of ruins the game. Summer metas, hate, people hate. Reaper metas, people hate. Uh, hard hit scan metas, like double shield, like double hit scan metas, like Soldier and Ash, like aren't very good. So it's like, Tracer adds a lot of diversity and sort of like prompts fun Overwatch. Like maybe a Genji Echo meta would go crazy, but I don't think we would ever end up there in any situation. The other situation. problem though is that also there's still no heroes that really replicate what Tracer does. Yeah. Still at all. There's like no one that can take that can take a lot of like very have a lot of flexibility in how they take fights and also disengage from fights while having good survivability. And it's like good and also has like a ultimate that if you hit you almost always can guarantee a kill or force like a lot of cooldowns you know like it is um there's just no one that replicates what tracer does so realistically tracer does enable a lot of interesting fun because also tracer is like one of the few counters as well to extremely powerful hit scan like backline metas but also in return there's very few counters to how strong tracer currently is with the addition of kiriko and even brigida like it's a really it's a double-edged sword i think which is like the real the reality of the situation overwatch still does not have enough depth and enough heroes to bring a true like oh we can have heroes not be seen all the time but then we start you know we're going to start hitting that threshold eventually of like the game is going to be really really complex there's going to be so many heroes to play so kind of a arms race of sorts but i don't think i think right now in my vision i enjoy i would enjoy to watch a meta for for like a stage that's like no tracer but if i had to deal with it long term i'd be like this is probably not going to be fun um and also the reality is in and the simple truth is like i think you said scott all the best metas that overwatch has ever seen have always included tracer always they've always included tracer like fast, all the best and metas. it's cool to look at right at the end of the so, day the most popular characters in the game i think the most popular character in the game is genji and like that's saying something right like genji is mercy is a fucking well i last time they released like player stats which was at the beginning of watch 2 i believe it was like genji was up there and like most played that motherfucker is not good without nano in like high pro play but he is fun because he is fast he has a dash he's like getting in your fucking face he's a dps that just like you know you brawl out it looks cool and same with tracer right you're fucking in there you're shooting people you're blinking around all over the fucking place it takes high mechanics yeah but like it's a popular hero. I, I'm kind of with Connor on this. Like, sure, if we just not have it for a stage, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck, bring back Tracer, bro. But 
at the same time, Tracer is really cool, and she enables so much other cool shit. Um, I do not want to have a fucking May Reaper. I don't be perma meta. Like no one I, wants that. I'd be upset if she was even gone for a stage. I'm not even willing to give her up for that amount, um, because I think any to to add on to what you guys are saying, uh, the best Overwatch that we see always include Tracer. It's it's she's part of every single good meta, and all the worst metas in the history of Overwatch have had no Tracer. And I'm uh, look, I'm a I'm a genuine certified goats hater. I fucking do. I abhor goats. Yeah. I fucking hate goats. And goats was like the epitome of no DPS, low mechanics. And I'm the kind of guy that wants to see flashy mechanics. Tracer is most likely the highest skilled ceiling hero in the entire game, possibly. And that's why, especially at the pro level play, you're going to see more Tracer because that's where the best players are going to lean towards. The 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 heroes of the highest levels of skill expression are going to be there, uh, and Tracer's among that. And Tracer keeps in control a bunch of other heroes that would be far far worse in the meta. Like Widowmaker, right? Like a lot of the strong hit scans, the strong backline stuff. You just you're gonna get, you okay? You're not gonna get double shield Overwatch and Overwatch two because you can't get two tanks. But you're gonna get like the very similar potential of that archetype in Overwatch two without something that threatens backline. And the the kind of gameplay that Tracer offers to the meta is very nice because it opens up the map. It makes you know flanks important, so we're not just doing this five v five death ball kind of Overwatch. You have to actually look at the entirety of the map and think about what's happening on flanks and all this different other stuff and how how she changes the geometry of the game as well um and just having different types of heroes and what they can do in the game i don't i don't just want to see like two hit scans out there and everyone's long range having a tracer that is more close range does some blinking stuff is more of an assassin paired alongside something that is a bit more long range and you know and different heroes that have different strengths instead of just like here's just one archetype where everyone does the same thing like the worst meta for me is anything close to goats like a may reaper any sort of like lucio moira reaper yeah. bullshit any of that is just so bad in my opinion when... so, yeah i'm in a meeting um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. dude I, dude's having a meeting <laughs> okay Okay, it just like uh, ran in. You <laughs> just walked in. I was like, <laughs> what's up? And they were just like, what, what do they no, think about Tracer? They left. What do they, they think left. about Tracer? They, oh, they don't have any. They have nothing final, to say about no, Tracer. Final, my final thought, my final okay. thing to conclude is basically like, in an FPS cool. game like Overwatch, I want to see the things that have the high skill expression, high skill ceiling, and that just happens to be Tracer. Yeah. Tracer cool. Movement ability is very high skill. Defines Overwatch. Epic. Yeah, it does. Uh, Tracer is pretty epic. High movement, very cool. Uh, okay, uh, this one, this one's an interesting one. Uh, what was your favorite match to cast and why? We'll start mm. with that, and then um, we'll go down the list. Most memorable cast, most the one that always cast. My favorite. favorite, my favorite, most memorable. That all falls on the same thing for me. Um, has to be midseason madness last year finals. Shock versus Glads. Uh, first of all, it was a banger of a match that you know went a fit. Was it a, was it a four three? Was it got the full distance? It was a it was a long series. It, it might have been a four two. Um, it was a super exciting game, ended in a C9, had some insanely plays, insanely good plays, had like the return of Arns, at least for a little bit until he retired like the next stage. Um, and, you know, personally for me, like my first Overwatch League final, um, which was really cool and just an amazing match. I was super, like super prepped for that game as well. Like I've never been more prepped for a game in my entire life. Like I was bringing, um, map pick strategy and drafting strategy into the conversation for that which is i don't normally talk about that a lot because well the regular season no one picks maps but once you start to get into like playoffs and tournament games where map choice becomes important 
start to talk about that kind of stuff and glads and um shock had slightly different strengths and what the the choices and maps were so i think this was the series that i brought up like oh shock should be going circuit royale here it's their strength and i remember crusty not picking that map and that ended up being a mistake for shock and they lost that map and it had some like long like further reaching consequences in terms of that well then who wins what map and then what do they choose after that so it was like a very in-depth cast from me which um which i was quite proud of so this is my most memorable favorite game in cast good Oh, you haven't been casting for too long. Uh, yeah, Maybe well, mine's probably going to be the finals as well, like that we did for kickoff clash, clash, where that was like a, it was a land finals. We had, we had no right doing those finals. Me and Jack had to cast like a bajillion games because that cast was supposed to go to Mitch and Matt, uh, but they got sick, yeah. so they were not able to and cast that And we much. got sick, by the way. Well, Jack I got was sick. sick as shit. I was vibing. And I still did fine. Uh, you were fucking fine somehow. Yeah, and no, I was vibing. But yeah, so like it, 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 casting in a land environment for a final is a match that means everything to the players on the stage. You can see the emotions. You have the crowd. You have all these moments. Like that was by far the, the coolest moment. And I, I was like times. still incredibly inexperienced. I casted like three matches or like two matches of Overwatch before this. So uh, yeah, you know, it, it was still fun though. Straight into the finals. Straight into the finals. Yeah, and that's it. In like Avril says like yeah. it, it was very rare and like r random that I got to do something like that. Yeah, I th I was actually also going to say either this match or the match I did with Rose at playoffs because that was my first playoffs match that I did um, in the Overwatch League after, you know, I've been here, what, like four years now and I, I got my playoffs game, you know, like the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, winners, uh, losers finals, sorry, which was sick. Or this one. I think this was really good. Yeah, we were both sick as shit. Well, I was sick as shit because um, Matt was supposed to cast this one and then I was supposed to cast mid-season Madness Finals. They were, like, trying to share it out. But, like, then Mitch and Matt got sick, like you said. So we would do it. Dude, it was all fucked up. And after... Dude, we how many games did we cast this day? We cast three, right? So, like, uh, this was... No, we did two. I think we were supposed to do did the we, lower oh, no, we bracket did two, finals. Was it two? Yeah, we did lower bracket finals and then finals. Like, which is rather irregular when it comes down to like casting scheduling you'd normally have like two pairs on the final day one does the finals yeah. one does lower bracket but we did both uh which was wicked i don't know probably this one and the glad the glads one and the atlanta rain game that dallas field won to get to the finals um probably that because when you have a team that's in their uh, like home stadium as it were like Dallas field we were in fucking Texas and they lose it is just a whole different fucking atmosphere that shit is just crazy it, the the gladiators obviously just demolished the fuel and then this game too the shock versus the fucking outlaws oh my god it was the biggest game I've ever casted in Overwatch League so it would probably have to be this or if I wanted to go super nostalgia I could go 2020 me and Hex, which was my first live event in a homestand in the Overwatch League, um, casting the New York game where Hopper gets a fucking crazy bomb. Um, that one was also pretty wicked. So it's hard to choose, but probably one of those three. Oh, actually, okay. Also, the oh fucking OGN. God. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. I just have totally good favorite cast, you know? <laughs> Dude, okay, fine. Okay, fine. This is the last one, I promise. But when I casted in the OGN stadium, um, which was the gauntlet uh, in Korea. And that was where they casted Apex. So for me, historically, that wasn't like the best cast of all time, but like historically, I was like, holy shit, I'm casting where they casted Apex. So um, yeah, probably any one of those. Uh, Meat Rider. Meat Rider. Meat Rider over here.
Uh, Modern's World Cup 2019. Yeah, 2019 World Cup was a banger simply because uh, that was when the fire alarm went off and it was really funny. This year's World Cup is going to own. I'm so excited gonna, for World Cup this year. Pound. Also, it was, it was fun to do World Cup finally just to get a World Cup. But I was like, which was like, but I I think that was World Cup for mine. It's probably World Cup. I don't think any of my other moments like I did like gaunt like Atlantic Showdown finals. But like, God, it, Atlantic Showdown honestly fucking sucked. So, <laughs> Atlantic Showdown fucking sucked in hindsight. We were in that hot ass fucking take TV studio. It was 40 degrees the, Celsius the in Germany. Hotel? Oh, the yeah, the hotel, hotel. Which was an ex prison, by the oh, way. Oh, just no AC. Yeah, it, it was Atlantic Showdown was uh, was just you were trash. In a cell or what? We were in the we were oh, in the dude, worst city in Earth, Creffel, Germany, the actual anus of the universe. Like literally, just like <laughs> oh, it, what the fuck? Atlantic Showdown was a terrible, terrible event uh, in retrospect. It was my first ever land event, like casting land event. Like th that was a real one, but like it sucked. So World Cup probably would be mine. Civic Showdown was fun. I was in Shanghai. We had a good time. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I, I, I'm going to bring one up of, of yours, Connor. I thought this would be a funny one if you brought this up. The it's Ajax what? game. The, the game where oh, Ajax... Oh, I was thinking about that. Yeah, we did cast the Ajax and, game. We did cast ZP. the Ajax you and ZP game. You yeah. were the game with the Ajax meme. That was, was a legendary moment. The thing is, it's I, I think for me, it was hard to really put that as like... It was a f great game, but like in terms of a casting moment, it didn't really compare yeah. to World Cup necessarily. Yeah, but like obviously. as a great as a game goes as a as a place in history of Overwatch, yes, I was part of a historic piece of Overwatch with the Ajax game. The Ajax game was a legendary moment. So mega base. All right, we got a bit of uh, news to catch up on after the Q and A, but we got one more question, a single question to go. Could real world sports team skins make an appearance in Overwatch Two? Do you think real world sports team skins like why? But skins? why? But why would a sports team pay? So yeah, yeah, like, like Lakers yeah. or, you know, Manchester United I, I, or yeah. why? I think Avaz brings up a good point. Like, if if the Lakers were going to get a skin in the game, the Lakers have to pay Overwatch to put their skin in the game, right? That, that's how these collaborations work. It's not like Overwatch is like, you know what we want? To give a different company free advertising, right? So it's like, and then you ask, why would any sports team want to pay any, uh, pay the Overwatch? Any game. Any game. Yeah. Like, it happens a lot in Fortnite and that kind of stuff, but that's yeah, because, that's like, right. Fortnite was, like, hyper-successful and it was worth the investment for those teams to invest in the game. Yeah, also, really I mean, like, they already have agreements, like, they often have, like, the NBA 2K games that get released. Like, they already have so many avenues, okay. avenues of digital monetization where sports teams have direct agreements with the publishers. Why would they have to start a whole new business thing for fucking Overwatch when also half of the people that play Overwatch would just be like, holy fuck, I don't care. <laughs> you know like the it's collaborations just like are like the one punch man yeah stuff that overlaps with your like audience or a much more anime. general or like or even yeah. stuff that's like you know like with clothing even imagine like clothing brands i mean you know there's a lot of different avenues that make more sense for a general gaming population than the lakers because if you're going to want the lakers merch why would you just go buy shit in nba 2k you know or in real life you know like why would you do it in overwatch it would be funny lakers because it's a meme i would buy a lakers skin simply because it'd be funny to like have a lakers <laughs> it skin be. it would be really really funny but I, I i don't think it would make any sense lakers so. tracer she has a jersey skin already or like um like a basketball jersey already but it's a um, I, that was the more i think about it from the it, olympics the or NBA NBA would probably make the most sense out of anything to just show up in a video game because the NBA has a very strong youth culture currently. Like, it's like a very big hold on meme culture and youth culture in the US. So, like, it would probably make the most sense of any sports league. But, like, 
realistically, I don't think it this. would make sense, though. The, the actual closest, in my opinion, of, of this happening, and it won't happen, but the closest it could come to happening is, for example, a Boston Uprising, Patriots, Inspired Skin or something like that, because yeah. the same ownership group, right? Yeah. They're already in the Overwatch League. Like, Bobby Craft is already in there, so it's like... I don't, think they, I the... don't think they would dare touch, like, I don't think they would yeah. dare let Overwatch or Activision Blizzard touch their i'm saying it's not going to happen but i'm saying like what is the like the path of the least resistance the easiest pathway well you're gonna you're gonna work with a partner that's already in your league mm. that has a franchised traditional sports team out there somewhere you know could have been cronky if, if glads weren't exiting just a thing by the way um you know or whoever else in the league that has ties to a traditional sports team i can't remember which other teams this league have them but uh sure well, i mean does. we're probably not gonna get sports team skins but maybe some more collabs um i did want to touch on real quick thank you solomon for bringing this to my attention but the boss not rising have a little bit of news it's not a meme it's not a meme Izzyaki is home and recovering after his collapsed lung so thank god he is okay because that sounds fucking terrifying having a collapsed lung but yeah he's at home now which is sick news yeah if anything it's healthy it. news and yeah. now Boss Not Rising can continue to win. Yeah, Pepe laugh. Pepe laugh. was the missing piece. Pepe laugh. I am laughing. <laughs> the Boston oh. social media manager should have just taken a pot shot at Vancouver anyway. Just in the same yeah. just, We would have no won reason. if Bizyaki wasn't. Just a little hospital, jab, you yeah. know. I mean, hey, maybe. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he's recovering well. Right, let's move on to the final segment of the show. Friends Player of the Week. Who do we want to give Bren's Player of the Week to this week? Is there any candidates? Anybody think there's anything crazy that's happened? I Easy any social long. media managers. Is he <laughs> maybe? Um, I just gotta give the Jimmy. Let's do it. Uh, uh, the okay. I do have one, but it's oh man. I it's hard to give it to one, but like Jim. In general, Overwatch League social media managers. I was going to say the same thing. Popping off recently, but it's hard to give it to Just anybody. Every manager, the fucking, all of them. Every well, manager, huh? Not everyone, but like the ones that stand out to me have been charged <laughs> Titans and dude. Boston. Okay, the let's. I mean, also charge one goes. Hard the recently. Boston, the Boston Uprising tweet about adding hunters was really funny in context. I know, like, yeah, but like, because yeah. the Chengdu yeah. Hunters account literally could get purged from Twitter because they are not active. Like, they literally could just purge the account from Twitter because they have not funny. tweeted, which is really, really funny. Like, that is hilariously yeah. good. It could be valid so, as well if Paintbrush doesn't tweet a bit more. You know, yeah, but they tweeted like February, so like, it's not like insanely inactive. Paintbrush has got he's got to log in and tweet every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I think you can. They figured out the, the password. Did they, did they end up finding the password? Because I know that was a pain. Well, that's. Of... I think that. I think that was like the, that was the whole meme for their announce when they finally did the roster announce. It was because they finally found the password. Right. <laughs> Have I to Toronto get in there? I like, think. Okay. For me personally, yeah. the boss not rising or the Guangzhou charge. The Guangzhou charge had the Eric Andre. What if it were purple meme? That shit. Bang. That was funny. Was like, yeah. My that was a good one. God, that is like digging up the fucking archives of memes for that one. Eric Andre show is. Great. Okay, Which also, I have to, season, by the way. I have to add okay. our, I'm just going to say it's self-promotion, shameless self-promotion. Ours is so oh much better because the old Florida oh, okay. media, no, mm -hmm. let's oh, say it. Yeah. No, 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 oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, this is, sure. this is like a non-corpo thing. The old okay. Florida Mayhem Twitter was dog shit. Literally <laughs> terrible. Literally so bad. And I, there's a reason for that is because the employee who was running it was not interested in running esport content. It was just like a stopgap thing. They had no, it, they had nothing to do. So like, 
the you i want you to compare the k-pop era florida mayhem with the current florida mayhem twitter post and see the difference in quality because let me tell you it is we've had i've had like 80 i like i we've had like it is funny we had a lot of people message me and be like thank you so much for this because like the a dante old, bowl tweet that's a classic Can we just give it to social media managers uh, yeah the all of them. league the scientific Speaker. community i just have personal investment in that one because the old florida mayhem twitter was so bad literally so bad and this is not even like and the person that used to run it like they they're cool with me saying this because they were like i didn't even want to be on this i didn't want to do this shit <laughs> like this is like i just like k-pop and i was like okay we got to get this out of there so yeah the so Dante yeah, we can give it to social media. One of the the my favorite. Just give it. give it to social media. Honestly, love them or hate them. They're good. Love them or hate them. Yeah, love them or hate them. At least we're yeah. talking about Boston. It could be worse. Like it's it true. This is the first years. time anyone's ever talked about the Boston social presence in like ever. Yeah, for a like, long time. That's fine. Like, it, it's good. So I, I hope everyone else takes notes because there's some teams that don't have any social presence. Yeah. So Please just create memes. Hire a Zuma. Let's talk yeah, about the teams that don't have a good social presence that are not dead teams. Now, who are we going to add here? Who are, we, who are we calling out? Which teams need to step up their game? Shanghai Dragons. What's Atlanta Reigns? Atlanta Reigns. Reign isn't doing too much. Reigns yeah, not doing Rain's too much for the strength for of the team. Yeah, Especially Rain's considering that they, they have the trump card of the, the best team in the league. They could be going crazy right now. They, they could just be shitting on everybody. Rain you, has you, pretty... You need to give Gator nah. the controls. Gator's got to log in to the Rain account. And yeah, they over. should give the account to Gator. You're I right. mean, if you look at their cover, like their Twitter, it's essentially just match day coverage. It's all it yeah, is. Yeah. It's literally just match day coverage, which is like, as someone that's working in the biz, I'm going to say when that's happening, that's simply because uh, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you only have match day coverage, that's because you don't give a shit. Bare minimum. So, you know, that's I've been there. Been there, seen that before. Okay, Working so Brent's the player of the analysis week. segment. <laughs> Brent's player of the week is social media managers in the Overwatch League. They fucking, they <laughs> underappreciated. Step it up, yeah, there you go. Underappreciated, underpaid. Underpaid, give him a fucking raise. More icon memes. That shit fucking bangs, bro. Look at that. Jimmy. <laughs> Sheesh, Motherfucker, saw some ice. All right, um, that is going to be it for Plat Chat episode 177. I hope you enjoyed the new format, kind of. You probably didn't even fucking notice. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, on Wednesdays now, 10 a.m. Or if you're listening online. It's so much better. We would have done this episode mid-patch. Oh a mid-star yeah. Mid-patch. We yeah. would have molded star star watch. We would have uh, missed the Sean so. Miller tweet. You know, like, yeah. literally. It's so... Literally, we should have done this years ago. Should have done this years ago. Brand new patch, so everybody. And thank you so much to Solomon as well for... Uh, being yes, as always. Solomon has been cooking. Behind the scenes. What a surprise. The guy fucking cooks. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.